You already know what we be rocking. We rocking those Tito knives. And I got to give my man Luke over there some major props. I personally love his new drop on a knife called the Tito Air. Some call it Tito Air. Some call it Tito Air. I don't care. It's a bomb-ass knife, and I love it. Uh, guys, check him out at TitoKnives.com. And when you're at the checkout, use our code GU15. Okay, the cat is out of the hat. And, yes, that's right. We have teamed up with Six Sour. And there's nothing better than teaming up with the best of the best in the business. And I'm talking anywhere from their optics, firearms, and ammunition. Me, personally, I've been rocking the Zulu 9s for the binos, and I am loving them. Me, I think they're the alpha of the glass. For the fraction of price that you pay for, guys, check them out, the Zulu 9s. But I must say, I went down to the Six Sour Games, and I got introduced to the Zulu 6s, and I had no idea their technology was so advanced. And I'm talking about their stabilization. You guys hit a switch on these binos, and bam, it's all smooth. No rocking, no motion, nothing. It is, and you know how heavy I breathe. I be breathing heavy, and I just be tired, and I pull my glass, and it's just wobbly all over. And I hit the switch, bam, it's clear. It's like being on a tripod. Guys, check them out. Their technology is off the charts. And I'm talking anywhere from, you know, their rifle scopes to their range finders uh they all introduced the new bdx system guys check them out support a company that supports your favorite podcast sixhour.com what is up man i gotta give a big shout out to my boy over at the hangercode.com luke and i have teamed up and i am excited about this one man i've had european mounts all over this place, just laying here, just taking a space, really not displayed in any fashion. And now he has pimped out all my European mounts. I literally got this tabletop one. Now I'm displaying right here on the podcast table. It's the Havelina, and it is sick, and I love it. Guys, check him out. Go to his website at www.thehangerco.com, and that's H-A-N-G-R-co.com. Guys, he has European mounts uh, for everything. He has it from deer, bobcat, from all your African games. Like, literally, he has it all. And guess what? It's American-made, and it's a small business, so let's support that. Uh, guys, but that's not it. By listening to this podcast, you get to save 30% off your uh, purchase. Guys, type in that code, GU30, at the checkout. Save that money. Damn, Cody, everybody be liking what we're doing with this Bullhorn app. Yeah, what's not to like, man? You get to text, you get to call in, you get to run your mouth with your favorites every episode. Man, we love it. I love the interaction we get with our uh, listeners. Guys, if you guys want to become a part of your favorite podcast, download the app Bullhorn.fm, your podcast app. This podcast is brought to you by Kafaro International. It's gear for life. Extreme hunting products, packs, frames, tents, shelters, sleeping systems, stoves, and more. Did I mention it's American-made? I love it, America. America. Hey, guys, check them out. It's kafaro.net. So sometimes the only thing you can't do is make fun of me. We can make fun of this nah. guy here, but don't make fun of me. I, I don't know if I guarantee anything. <laughs> I think we were already talking about some things on the way up here. And, uh, I know. You know, what's going to happen. It happens. Talk about. Yeah, sure. It happens. All right. Yeah. All right. Good. I can sense 
What up, what up, what up? We back. And we got a fucking Sunday podcast for you all coming out tonight. And I'm excited because, one, we got everybody in the house. We got Skitty Codes running the Bullhorn app. What up? We got Tomas running the cameras. Yeah, he's fucking clicking. Um, tonight's guests are two guys that I honestly am so excited to hear. It's like all day long. Well, actually, when I got commitment from them, I was like, fuck, this is going to be fun. Because, one, I used to see these guys all the fucking time. Uh, probably more than what I like to see them. But, you know, when you take something away, you find out, damn, I miss these guys more than I'd ever thought. And, uh, you know, time, life gets a little in, in, in the way. And uh, I'm just glad that these guys are here and you guys are going to have a treat for this podcast. Uh, first guy right across from me, my boy, Justin Salas, former UFC fighter, uh, long teammate. What's up, Justin? Not too much. Thanks for now, having us. Now a coach of a one of the baddest motherfuckers I know. <laughs> Good thing I taught him no shit before yeah. you even got home. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy, yeah, I know. Huh? And the guy next to us is uh, the guy that uh, kind of put this whole thing. I, I, I kind of wanted to revolve this whole podcast around because he's a little cholo that I, you know, didn't really know it that well until I started fighting even more. And then I, known as uh, the uh, what was the nickname, the El Matador. Yeah, was that what it was? The El Martillo. 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 The hammer, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert literally is a former fighter, teammate of all of us, longtime friend. Um, But now he's, I mean, fuck, you were firefighting uh, when you were fighting. Yeah, yeah, Uh, 20 years I've been doing that. You've been 20 years now doing that? Yeah. Fuck, what a great life, though, firefighting, though, huh? Yeah, Yeah, it's been really good for me. He, ugly and I can't sing and I can't dance and I couldn't really fight that well. So <laughs> yeah, that right. That I found yeah. that uh, uh, something that I could do when I was pretty young. Well, and I was gonna say, and uh, now you're like a pro fisherman. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that. I mean, you're you're what? What would you tell me yesterday? You're the jack of fisherman of all jacks. How'd you say? It? <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. That's part of the reason why I suck so bad at fishing is because I just I try to fish too many different ways. You know, I just fish on a boat. I fish from the shore. I fish. I fly fish. I spin fish. I do all the different types of fishing and and do ice fish now too. Ice fishing, yeah. Every every way that there is to fish, I love to do it and. And that's probably a good part of the part of the reason why I suck so bad at all of them. Oh, I see you. You catching fish, bro? <clears throat> yeah, yeah you, there's so those are the only ones I share <laughs> when I catch fish. But there's definitely a lot of those skunk trips that I go on where I catch no fish. Well, that's a that's a anything though. Like yeah. you you take me hunting, I fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta make the annual fish fry yeah. because that's uh yeah that was uh we i reap some of the rewards of those walleye yeah those we have good. a nice uh every every fall um we have a nice fish fry and i invite almost everyone you know i'm uh-huh. sure i've invited yep. you a couple times yep um but yeah we have a nice fish fry we start saving them in in maybe like august or so and then have a fish fry in October and a bunch of people over. We have fish tacos and no shit. That's a nice time when the when the uh, the chilies and the tomatoes and everything is yeah. harvesting from people's gardens. So then you make a nice salsa and and 
Have a nice meal, man. Fuck, yeah. I thought, when you guys said Wally, I thought you were only fucking frying like carp and shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have a fucking great story about Okay, car- okay, carp. tell me. So I, I trained jiu-jitsu with a, a Chinese lady, like legit Chinese lady from China. Uh-huh. And she was always like, you guys should bring me a carp. And I was like, oh, fucking thing smells. Bottom feeders, It yeah. smells bad. It's like, yeah. it's bones. a garbage fish. And they got tons of bones. Yeah, nasty bones for sure. It's a, it's a really a nasty fish, but uh uh, we we talked about it for a while, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna bring you a nasty ass carp. I fucking brought this lady a fucking twelve pound stinky. It stunk up my back of my truck, and then I put it because because I caught it, and it was so stinky, and I put it on their on the porch of their house in ice and in a bag. Yeah, and I text my homeboy. Uh, the guy she's married to, I text him up and I said, Hey man, I put that carp on your front porch and he got home and he said it stunk up his porch and then he put it on a pan in a trash bag to try to bring it in his house. Yeah. And he took it in the house and he spilled some water on his hardwood floor and it stunk up the house and he made this fucking giant mess with this nasty ass fish. (laughs) We came over the next day to come to their house. Yeah. She made, put this carp, I can show you guys pictures on my phone. She put it like in a it with vegetables and in this like real strong broth to to not deal with the bones and stuff. Uh-huh. But cooked it up like in the oven and and kind of like baked it and it boiled it. Dude, that shit was good. What? It was it was good. Really? It was it was it was gotta, good. Yeah, I would eat it, it again. I mean, it would probably be better with like a different fish. But I would tell you what, man, I would eat that carp again. It was it was pretty good. No shit. It was it was yeah, it was good. No way. You well, know, I. I, I can't do it, man. I just Why? Because we're know. Americans, we're fancy, we're too no, fancy. No, no, no. It's not that. It's just I've literally caught a carp and I've fucking it's I've literally yeah, they're bottom feeders. But not only that, but like I've I've flayed one and I'll be like, all right, let me try it. Dude, you can't. There's bones everywhere. And it just tastes nasty. Of course, I I didn't cook it like she did, but I think you got. I mean, use they, a lot of know, seasonings. Yeah, they could cook poodles and and shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so she probably got that shit down. Do you eat a, do you eat a crab? How about a crab? Oh yeah, that's a bottom feeder. Nasty I know. animal. I know. How about but a it's lobster. A little, do you eat that? Oh, the lobster is bomb. Nasty too. It's nasty. How about yeah. a pig? That's a really nasty animal. I eat some big. Tastes uh-huh. good. I'll eat right? some pork. Carp, don't be fancy. But well, you could leave try it. it. You know, you could. That's classic Robert, though. If you tell him you can cook a carp, he's probably going to bring you the biggest, stinkiest carp he can find, and be like, <laughs> and it was "Can you cook that?" It, it is so and classic. If that way, Robert, if you can cook it. it, then he knows you're for it real. It stunk up my truck. I guarantee you, my truck still stinks to this day. That <laughs> isn't from the carp. <laughs> <laughs> might stink from something else. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I know Robert. Um, honestly, man, we go back. Uh, a minute, man. Like honestly, like uh, I, I honestly, I just like having beers with you guys is is one icing on the cake. But let alone just to have you on the show, um, I I I want to just talk about a big thank you to you because you know a lot of people don't know. Um, me and Justin, um, Justin had a spot where he ran a gym, and I came in as a shit. What was it? Just another trainer coming That's in and partner yeah we were just you know we just had a, a little warehouse and we we trained people out of it and it was his spot and i came in i had my little shadow box little area and um i don't know what happened i left and the place we stopped we doing all, it we all left yeah yeah we stopped doing it and uh i left all my shit there and i didn't at the time you know you don't really think like 
I don't give a shit what it is, what's there, fuck it, posters, you know. Um, I didn't realize I left those motherfucker gloves there, and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe it. These are the actual UFC gloves that I fought my first fight in, and uh, he brought them. 2007. Uh, yep. June, th- June yeah, and uh, I mean, that's just something I want to be able to have for my kid, you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't... Really matter, Mike. Maybe show you guys. Hey, see these difference between the gloves now they they use and now it doesn't matter. But for my kids, it's more for that is what I care about. Because I'm long, when I'm long gone, I hopefully they'll be like, you know, you now Marcus has the fight shorts now on, you know. So it's funny mm-hmm. because you know um, he's getting into it more. He sees it more because he goes to the gym more with me, you know. And now he's like, oh. And then when he saw me on like on a commercial with Justin, he didn't realize like. Dad, that, you did that? You know what I mean? Like, that you punch? You start I was to like, understand. Yeah, so it'd be more, uh, it's more for them is what I am. But either way, I'm glad that you brought me those gloves. I'm I'm Absolutely. really excited. No, yeah, I would have valued them for sure. Yeah, but you got way more gloves than that. How many pairs, How many times did you find in the UFC? Uh, I believe it was seven. God damn. This motherfucker fought seven times in the UFC. Gloves, really? I, I, they're probably somewhere that I probably got them sitting in some warehouse. Yeah, somewhere I got a couple pair. You should keep the get them because well here now. So like when fighters go, the UFC takes one piece of their article. Like if it's your walkout shirt, gloves, shorts, yeah. whatever, and they keep it and they take it into their museum or whatever. Or what probably they make did money. That. I think they did that. When they I did it for too. you too. They yeah, made, I remember a pair of shorts. Yeah, and I always told Justin, he's like. Justin always asked me, like, what should I give him? I'm like, dude, give him the fucking mm-hmm. walkout shirt or the jacket because you can always get that. Mm-hmm. Don't give him those gloves, dude. Give him the piece of tape that fell off. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Don't give him the good shit. Like, huh. the gloves are the the fucking shit that shit you could sell on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. yeah, you Times can. Times get tight. Yeah, you might They might to, pay like uh, 10 cents for ours. Yeah, fuck. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. No, they ain't going to pay shit for ours. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so I guess. Anyways, what have you guys been up to? Like, what what is now life look like? You know, um, you know, an everyday deal with you, Robert, because you roll. You yeah. well, you are a black belt yeah, now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, How long you been rolling now for? Shit. So I was. I kind of took up jujitsu as a a kind of a way to stay in the game. Uh huh. So in in 2012, I had to end up having spine surgery. Um, for some injuries, who knows if that was from firefighting or from fighting or from what, but I had some bulging discs in my neck and I ended up having to have spine surgery and I came back and I, I was sparring and doing some things and my neck started hurting again. And I was thinking in my head, like, what the fuck am I doing with this? Like, yeah, I'm not going to be a world champion. I'm just a guy that likes fighting and, and I'm having a good time with it. But realistically, I probably needed to be an adult and, focus on what's going to really make me some money and really do some things for my future. So that's when I kind of more, it wasn't like I wasn't concentrating on, on being a fireman, but, but I just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I ended up having surgery and, uh, it's kind of funny. Tony Basile told me that he thought he got rid of me. Like, Oh, once you had spine surgery, I thought I was done with you. I didn't yeah. have to deal with you no more. Then I just came back, you know, and after a while and, and came back and started rolling and there's, uh, 303 training centers where I train 
And that's been, there's always a, a hub of fighters coming in and out. Absolutely. There's UFC guys that are in and out. They they come and, and work out. Uh, Chris Curtis just had a big win uh, mm. last night. Yep. And I was talking to my lady last night, and, and I was like, oh, you remember when that guy was training at 303? We worked out with him. So jujitsu for me has been a way for me to just kind of stay around the game, but it's not something that I in the beginning was ever really interested in. I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was okay. But, yeah, it's just been a good way as you get older to to stay around the game and still and exercise. It's not so hard on your body. Like, wrestling is, is hard, dude. Boxing is hard. It's, it's too punishing, too brutal. I'm old, dude, when somebody fucking puts my neck in a position that I don't like. I just go tap. Oh, yeah. you win. Yeah. I'm yep. old, dude. I don't care no more. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how that went. And eventually, you stay around long enough, and you get a black belt. I'm <laughs> well, actually what, due what? for my uh, for my first stripe, which was kind of a kind of a an accomplishment. You've yeah. been a black belt for three years now. I've been a black belt for three years. No shit. My first stripe. Yeah. Fuck, man. Good for you. But well, I mean, yeah. and he he he'll he downplays himself, but I went and rolled with him. Oh, I, I know. And I, and he was on top of me trying to choke me with my own belt and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> so it's not like he's not. I I, I'm yeah, old. I'm not believe you. He's a black yeah. belt. And it's uh, something to be proud of that you stay in that long and get real good. And, you know, you can oh, take dude. most people. Yeah, I mean, I remember going in there with me, you, and meeting up with him. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is Robert? You know, I don't remember Robert. And then, bam. <laughs> this is where he's been. He's been doing the fucking jujitsu, and he was fucking just toying with me. And I was like, "Okay, okay, this motherfucker been doing." Been I doing think you jits. were talking shit though. Is I why. very my well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. I, mean, you know, I think I was looking for you. Why, is why show up? You know what I mean? I'm like, bitch, what's up? Well, speaking of jujitsu, I gotta, I gotta give a big props up to uh, Skinny Cody. He finally got his purple belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Oh, that's Cody's a compliment. Yeah. Coming up. It's good. Like it's been uh, uh, overdue, I think, and uh, you know you putting your time in and, and and you picked it back up, and I think that's what it's about. Like I, I that's one thing I will say about jujitsu is like when you first start it, it's tough, and you pick it back up and you and you want to do it again. Like I I picked it up and I put back the gi on for a while, and I was like, damn, this is still tough. Like I fucking did it when i first started but then you just kind of start loving it again and liking it and it's just different than what i was used to of you know the whole no gi gi stuff and then when i was competing like when i was competing training jujitsu is way different than what i would do now you know what i mean now i have fun with it when i did it you know what i mean like that's the difference i'm enjoying it more i enjoy it for the workout i guess that's what i do yeah so I so I work out with a lot of of young kids now, or or even guys. They're not might not even be young, but they come in, and just like anything, like boxing or like wrestling or like anything, when you first start it, you just like love it so much, and you're like so involved, and you want to train three times a day, you want to do this, and I try to tell these dudes, these junior guys that are that are just training, like, man, it's about the long game, bro. It's not about the short game. I'll tell you, I've seen. A hundred guys come through with so much talent, ability. They could be a world champion, but eventually they get hurt or they they something happens. Run themselves out. Job or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like like, it's about the long game, man. Keep keep, stay hungry for the next workout. I tell them like I, my whole career, I've always 
when I'm not feeling good about jujitsu, like just recently, I've, I've been taking more time off lately. Might only be training one day a week or two days a week. I'll go lift weights or I'll go, go to a boxing class or I'll go hit some bags. Mm -hmm. I'll go ride my bicycle. I go do different things where, where other dudes, they just keep going to jujitsu every day and eventually they get hurt and pretty soon they don't come back. Yeah. You know, or they're like, fuck, they're I can't so do this. Exhausted, I can't know? do life anymore yeah. because I'm fucking hurting. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to. And it's just like anything, you know, it's about the long game. Stay, it takes 10 years to get a black belt on average. Some guys do it faster. Some guys take longer. But but in general, it's still going to take a long time. Oh, so, yeah. It's so, a process. Yeah, take it easy. Don't don't blow yourself out too early because you're not going to – you won't make it if you – When you first started Jiu-Jitsu, Robert, did you think you were going to be a black belt? No. No, I was just in there trying to kill people, like not even – I was just trying to, to choke everyone and just like a total maniac – and so I came, I came to, uh, to a 303 training center, like a true, I had trained at Zingano's in like 2008, 2009, but never put a belt on, never took it serious. I was just training. No for gi, some, no gi. What's yeah, what? I mean, I, I might've trained in the gi some, but more just for a workout, but never took it serious. So then when I came to 303, that was for, I think my last camp that I had for my last fight, because one of my old school homeboys, Vic Bravo, no, he yeah, was like a boxing coach at 303 uh -huh. and I had been off for a while and he was like, come, come have another fight. Let's put your camp together over here at, at 303 and, uh, and let's get together. These guys want to meet with you. So I met, ended up meeting up with Tony Basili and Ryan Walden, who was the coach at the time. Uh -huh. And, uh, we had a meeting and they were like, yeah, come, come and have your last camp here. Or come and have a camp here. I didn't yeah. know at the time it was going to be my last camp. But they're like, come and have a camp here. Just come and train and work out. And there was, at that time, it was like a lot of uh, uh, MMA fighters. It was like a young gym. And other jiu-jitsu gyms that I had been a part of, they were like, don't use your strength. Don't use your wrestling. Don't do not do that move. You got to use technique. Yeah. And I'd always been kind of like like pushed away from that. Like, well, I'm a strong guy, dude. I want to I wanna use these moves. What you got, yeah. So then when I came to 303, they were like, dude, you're a good wrestler. Use that. Show us how to do that. And I felt like more accepted. Uh -huh. Had I went to like an Easton or a, a different kind of school that was more traditional, you don't know. I probably would have never made a black belt or ever really been accepted into that group because it was it was just it was different, you know? Well, so, I, I think that's where it goes. It all comes down to you got to find, and you and I have had this conversation numerous times, Celis. When you find a gym in a in a, in a training group, it got to fit your fucking yeah. appetite, man. Yeah, it was like, a fit. And that's sure. your fit, fit. Like, And that's why there's multiple gyms. Like that's, that's why like certain coaches work good for certain people and yeah. other coaches don't work good for others. You know what I mean? Like you could have like, you know, Let's just take uh, American Top Team, for instance. They're one of the best gyms in the world right now. They they produce a lot of fighters. Doesn't mean, like, you're going to fucking get a guy. Let's just say Justin Gagey. He's an up-and-comer, whatever. He was starting out, and he goes to American Top Team. Who knows where he would have been if he would have fell there instead of falling, you know, going with Trevor or sure. whoever. You never know. Like, that's why you got to find your person, your clit, your gym, um, you know, to me, that's the most important thing about it, you know. Yeah. Speaking about all that is just there's there was another cool little gym that kind of pre-started all of us that was wasn't even even anything big, but even before Robert found the three hundred three or any of us, 
we were, I mean, even Cody was part of that LA boxing way back in the day. Yep. I mean, fair group of guys that were there, no super coaches or nothing, but we had, you know, Cody Donovan was there. Now, Vinny, now Vinny it's Lopez. like who's who's coaching yeah, now. Vinny Lopez, who was the coach of, you know, with Curtis Blades and Zach Zapalga yep. and the Gorilla Gang and, um, me and then Dwayne was a part of that at yep. certain times. You yeah, absolutely, um, and Cody was there. And then, along with even a lot of the buddies we had that never really went big into fighting, they were all pretty fair, fairly good yeah. martial arts. Steve Hordensky, yeah, Steve, who was and now uh, LT Nelson, LT was there, and he's probably I mean, 17 years old yep. at the time. He was that his was, first, yeah, yeah. That had to have been one of the toughest LA boxings in the country, guaranteed. That with that, of like not just kickboxing trainers but the fight they stepped out in the octagon the kickboxing and and the jiu-jitsu scene and ian left hook lenny left hook lenny then we were talking about it on the way up here brandon mitchell yeah danny brandon camarena had he was a boxing guy back in the day camarena yep yeah donald Donald camarena he had some tough females i think yeah yeah they might have been world champions he was a stud boxer man he was really good what a what a like looking back at those times what a tough group of young fighters that we had just for like a it was essentially like a fitness gym where there was at about seven o'clock at night a bunch of tough dudes would show up and we had some good grappling sessions and good rolling sessions and good punching punching each other in the face like you know i mean i remember even the grappling was good back then even steve robinski i rolled with him that guy's. I think he owns a gym in uh, Denver Katora. now. That's who. That's who. Just, that's there's, who. Uh, he's under now. He yeah. he has savage. He puts out savage black he's, belts. He's a beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that guy's a yeah real problem. Um, and the other thing is, where I was going with this is, like, I just remember, like, you know, you know, it's just funny how like all this starts, you know, bringing up old shit. My memory bank starts going, but I remember there was times where we would train at TKO grudge whatever and it was saturday sparring and this motherfucker would just try to take body shots kill a body shot <laughs> uh do you remember that justin yeah. like he would just try to fucking work your body to fucking death would, yeah yeah that's the mexican style i know and i'm not very tall i don't know if you've looked at me but i'm not very tall <laughs> and it's easy to hit somebody in the liver versus hitting them in the head and that's i learned that from my wonderful boxing coach for so many years rick Rick Lopez, I hope he can hear this and, and yeah. listen to Oh, Rick, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rick Lopez, uh, he taught me how to how to dig to the body, you know. That's that 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 pays uh uh pays dividends. And I used to always I say this still to this day, to hit somebody in the head is is good. You know, you hit somebody in the head and they just go to sleep and they wake up and go, Well, what happened? Yeah. But you hit somebody in the body, to the liver especially, you hit them, and they have to make a decision. Because they look at you and it hurts. And they have to go and take a knee or fall down. Either hang in there. Some, yeah. Sometimes yeah. sometimes you don't even have that option, though. Because yeah. I, fe- I felt one, a kick from Dwayne one time. I had no option. I was oh, fucking done. The first dude. time I ever got my liver really hurt was Dwayne. Yeah, that <laughs> was me. Uh, coming in there with no in, in a fight, though, I have been hit. I've been ripped to the body, you know. And, you know, I, I did get, continue to fight, but... Dude, I'm telling you, there's there was that option if I've ever been. You were too tough. Shut down. You were too tough yeah, yeah, I don't know, but and this weren't gonna stop. Maybe in sparring, I thought it was too tough too, but I don't think I could have ever. I don't. I don't if. I don't think I could have got up if my life depended on it. <laughs> after that, my body shut down. Like that's when I knew, like, oh fuck, what is this, dude? 
that's when I knew, like, I wanted to learn a switch kick, fucking kick to the body to get that liver shot or fucking left that. I mean, honestly, to me, I think that is more of a, <laughs> a more of a uh, deadly fucking thing when you can drop somebody with a body and walk away and just say, you can't get I've up. Always, I always believe that. Yeah. I, got, yeah. I got a funny story about a liver shot. This drink break is brought to you by KillCliff.com. Energy that doesn't suck. KillCliff is the clean energy drink with no sugar and 150 milligrams of clean caffeine. Now with 100% more winning because losing sucks and losing is for losers. Did I mention it's totally American and a proud partner of the Navy SEAL Foundation? Guys, check them out. KillCliff.com. Type in our code GU15. When, like I was, I was talking to you that time, of, uh, Dwayne hit me with the worst liver shot I'd ever. I'd been touched a little bit, and I knew it hurt. Uh-huh. And I uh, had been able to spark T's KO with Nate Marquardt and Dwayne and Luke. And Everybody, yeah. The, who's they who's had let me in there. And I, I did fairly well for a couple weeks. So, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, great. I'm getting these rounds. And uh, I get in with Dwayne one day, and Dwayne hit me with the worst liver shot. And I literally dropped down to my knees and... I was thinking in my head, like, what is that sound? I thought it was like an alarm going off or something. <laughs> and it was actually you, it was actually me going <laughs> and then and I and I literally here's what I said. I go, something tore, something I tore something, something tore, something tore. And Dwayne goes, You got hit in the liver and just like nonchalantly and I was like he I was like thinking in my head he doesn't understand, like something tore. And then like, you know, a minute later I was perfectly fine and just feeling like a big pussy. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Fuck liver shot, okay. And then I remember sitting out front of T's on the chair, just thinking, I thought I was tough this whole time. I could have swore I was tough. I'm yeah, a pussy. Yeah, I was on my knees going, mm, and I was saying something tore, something tore, something tore, and that was my the first no, the liver truth. shot that I was like, it's okay, truth, that's a liver shot. Oh, I, I could have swore my like I had internal bleeding. Something was like real. I was gonna start bleeding out my mouth at yeah. any moment, but it was just a liver shot. My- my time was when I my whole body shut down. I couldn't fucking move. Like I couldn't move for at least forty five seconds to a minute, bro. So your liver is your is the filter of your body. It takes out all these nasty beers that we're drinking and all the booze and all the shit from the food. It, and when you get hit in the liver, it releases all that poison and shit that you yeah. had for the last two weeks and it fucks you up. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good. Oh, dude, if I get yeah. hit in the liver now, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got poison. some bad poison up in me. Oh, yeah. I you got might some. not make it. You might not oh, make yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I might go paralyzed. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> um, but that, that, that's just uh, one of the things is, like, I remember us just going toe-to-toe, and there's rounds where, you know, you're like, fuck. And there was times where you would try to get around where you're like, oh, man, you know, like there was rounds where you're like, who's the easier guy I could like get around off of <laughs> in a group that we had. There was no easy around, fucking like, round. You know, I'm looking around like for a lighter guy. So like in my group, it was like a guy like Tyler Toner, 145 pounder, just a stand up guy. So I was like, man. Maybe I'll get him around, you know, third, fourth round. I can just wrestle him and lay on him and have my way with him and rest up. Fuck, man. Then he's a a badass. Yeah, then he's good. And then I was like, fuck, man, that goes with my plan. (laughs) And then you go with the guy that's just fucking head, like a guy like Robert that just wants to 
beat your body up and then hit you. You can't drop your hands because he's going to fucking hook your fucking jaw. And then you got a guy like Salas here that you can't fucking move because his fucking footwork was so smooth. Like, he was like, um, Salas reminded me of a fucking, the perfect dancer. <laughs> like, he can fucking move. Like, I didn't have that. I was a fucking, I'm going forward. And we're going to collide and we're going to hit each other. <laughs> and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, it, that that's how I was. Justin found out, like, he knew how to move and shit. I never taught that. I never learned. I, I can remember a lot of those times working out with Justin. In the beginning, we first started. Just, Justin's always been a, a high-level athlete, superior athlete. But in the beginning, I used to work a lot of my boxing, and I felt like I could – do good against him uh-huh. he was always a southpaw which made it which made it more difficult but i feel like i had a good understanding of it but once he started working with trevor and getting to the next level shit he would just line me up he would line me up regularly i can remember splitting my eye one time and uh toward the end there was nothing else i could do no matter how much i try to work or how much i try to do his skill and ability this was always superior to what what I could bring to the table. Right, right. No, I get it. I'm I was s- hoping to hurt his hands with my face at some point. <laughs> yeah, he, he put a hurt on me plenty of times. <laughs> like break your hand on my head or yeah, something. I'm hoping dog. to do something. <laughs> we had a lot. Of I was getting battles. ass whooping most of the time, but yeah, those know. times that uh, in the old school LA boxing, I I say this a lot to some of the people I work with and different people around the game. I wish I would have known how much of a good time we were having because I would have appreciated it more back then. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you take it for granted. Like, it's just some – it was actually like a hangout for us all. I mean, we all did have – we were going doing different stuff at different places, but we uh, you could pretty much bet if you walked in there at 5 or 6 at night, you would see half the people we talked about in there either just hanging out yep. or like, hey, I need some rounds. Get your gloves on or – it Whatever was, it, it was. I used to go to the sushi place next door and eat. Yep. Drink beer yeah. I, did, I used to yeah. get my hair done over at Floyd's to try to pick up the chicks. <laughs> that's, <over> why, <laughs> shit. Yeah. that's why your shit was always looking tight. Uh, but that place was awesome. I I mean, I would, I still think about that place because, you know, back then when I was young and just out having fun, I played in a band. Yep. And I remember even they had a PA sitting in there yep. for the classes. Oh, yeah. And after class, I, you know, I would train all day. And then after the, the LA boxing was closed down. We all had a key to it. Yep. I'd come in there with my band and hook up to the PA and we'd do band practice yeah. in there. And so that place was special. Like, it was so I lived cool. my life there for a period of years and I did, wasn't able to like not work. Yep. Nobody was. So that would like gave me an opportunity to stay in the gym and train clients, train classes and yep. also work out at the same time. So as close as I could possibly get to being a full-time athlete with that, that I'd like, you know, if I was working like I am now or, you can't really be a professional athlete. No, without, and that's so that allowed me to do that. And that's kind of where I was kind of one of the topics I wanted to hit because um, you've been a you were a full time firefighter as a fighter. Yeah, I got I got I've been on the uh, fire department since two thousand four. Yeah, so I didn't start yeah. fighting till two thousand six. Around there, that's when I started as an amateur. And yeah, it was essentially like like. We work a schedule called a forty-eight ninety-six, so I work two days on, four days off, and I can still work out at work. But I used to kind of use those as my as my rest days. Uh-huh. So I would train hard for four days and go to work and kind of rest, or maybe just do some cardio or some light stuff. But then 
Yeah, it was really like the ultimate um, way to really be a fighter, but still have a, a income, a job. Yeah, yeah. Steve Miocic. I don't know how much yeah. he really works, or if he still works. Yeah, yeah, that guy's That's a perfect a, example right there. He's too. a paramedic for the city of Cleveland, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you work hard, but you did have some days off, and for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I needed you. those rest days because yeah. that was a grueling, uh, a grueling uh, training schedule to try to do that. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, for well, sure. That, and that's kind of one thing I was going to, you know, talk to you too, Sells. Like, he was a firefighter. Me and you were both trainers. I, I remember when I first saw you, you were at Bar Back and at Bar Louie. Yeah. And, and the first time I met this dude is I, he fought one of my teammates back in Nebraska. And I was like, who the fuck is this dude? Right? And they were like, ah, oh, he's some wrestler of Wyoming, whatever, Wyoming dude. Met him, cool dude. Uh, that was when you were like with Leaster and all those guys, right? Yeah. And anyways, long story short, I found out who he was. Cool. I moved from Nebraska. I moved from Militage Crew, uh, Davenport, Iowa. Came up here to train with Dwayne and, you know, having uh, Sven be my manager. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that guy. And because uh, I, I I reached out to that fool, I said, "Dude, I need you to come on the show, dude." Sven, yeah, because I want to, <laughs> I want to die too. Yeah, Sven's I want to really because now I want to fucking let it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, but either way, uh, I seen you bar backing. Uh, here I was already rucking running the gym yeah. and uh, training, and I'm like, "The fuck are I'm, you doing that here?" That was dude? crazy. We both look at each other and we're like, "I in my head, I was like." That, is that that guy looks like that fighter from Nebraska? But I, you know, you're in Bar Louie in Colorado. I'm like, I don't know. And then he goes, Do I have I met you anywhere? And I go, Did and I had just fought his teammate yeah. like two weeks ago. Yeah. And he goes, Did you just fight in the was Midwest that that Championship? Corey Liebreth. Corey Liebreth. Yeah. And tough ass bull rider, dude. Yeah. 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 The Cowboys I, are tough as fuck. Oh, tough as oh, fuck. Yeah. He was definitely. Uh, and then Luke, and then I, and then I, then he's like, Yeah, I, I did fight your, I did fight last week. He goes, I was there. I worked there. Hey, you want a job at LA Boxing? And I was like working batter bar. I was like, fuck yeah. I was and like, well, he you know, cause he's he's it was dude, I watched the fight. They fought before me, and I was like, dude, who the fuck is this? Cause he was getting wrecked, and then he just came out of nowhere and just fucking You were getting wrecked? No, I a was a bit. No, I was wrecking <laughs> I was wrecking his buddy, and then he I was. got then I got armbarred in the first fight against that kid he's talking about. Oh, so I would. I that's would, the guy that you you told me the story that you fought him, him once for like three, and he two, beat three you and rounds. then you fucked him up later. Then I knocked him out in the next. Yeah, one. but that was I. I trained for that fight in the Trono Mines. I was lifting buckets of uh, bits. <laughs> like I got two weeks notice from least. Yeah, and I was like doing push-ups in the mine. And like, oh, I'm a tough wrestler, and I held my breath and threw like 400 punches <laughs> in the first round and. <laughs> I was done. Like, Gassed. And my corner was like, you're killing him. You're killing him. And I remember looking back and I was, I was like. <laughs> you were so he, exhausted. I was like, but he's still up. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm up, My knees are shaking. I couldn't even pick my arms up. The worst up. experience. Worst uh, feeling ever. I was ever, like, damn, right? I thought I was way, I thought I'd be in better shape, but no. No. And I, but, so I see this guy and I was like, dude, this guy's a stud. Like, he's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to come and work at LA Boxing and make some money, mm-hmm. train, start doing what yeah, you're yeah. doing. And that's when it all just started happening, all clicking, and like everybody started coming and training. And 
LT showed up in his uh, flower shorts and yeah, oh my god, just a right. young, long hair, young little kid. Like, what a know. fucking gorilla that guy is! That guy, he just won a fight like a week ago. I've seen the pictures of him. Left way or some crazy. Him and his opponent were both battered. They had a war. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And, you, and you want to talk about like a a roller coaster career of that guy right there? Like he has been at his highs, lows, highs, and like I'm just he's tough. I'm proud of him how he came completely sober mm-hmm. and like off the shit, off the drugs, whatever. Because, dude, there was this one time with LT. I'll say it because we were going to somewhere at Maine or somewhere out east, somewhere he was fighting for Bellator. First fight, this motherfucker's on fucking uh Xanax bars, dude. <laughs> he don't know what the fuck's happening. Hey, he had anxiety about fighting, man. <laughs> I know. He was having a good judging, time. Why are you judging the motherfucker? Oh, he was dude? having a drug too. Yeah, you are lucky that you could just go to a fight and you could be <laughs> cool with it. I could understand that. <laughs> I literally am like, fuck, dude. How the fuck are we going to get on airplane? I had anxiety coming to this podcast. Right now. <laughs> are you on Xanax bars? I was like, fuck. <laughs> what am I, no, I going to do? No, I wouldn't do that, but. Yeah, I would definitely have anxiety. Really? When you fought, did you have anxiety? Every time. Here's, oh, here's a great uh, story. So, obviously, we all know Pat Berry. Pat Berry had how many, 100 kickboxing fights or whatever, mm-hmm. and we talked about this. You see the fighters that go out nowadays, and they look very happy to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And Mike Tyson said it the best. There's nothing more dangerous than a happy fighter. Never one time, I had 15 fights, which wasn't a lot compared to either one of you guys. Yeah, it's not a lot, though. Never once was I ever excited to be in there. I was never happy. It was the most nerve-wracking thing <laughs> that I'd ever done. And yep. every every single fight that I had, before the bell would ring and the referee would go, are you ready and are you ready, I would be thinking in my head, what the fuck did I get myself into? Yeah, hundred percent. That guy I've been is there gonna try times. to fuck yeah. me up. And yeah. Pat Berry said the same thing. He told me, he said, "Never once was I happy." Think about what you or me or anybody could have accomplished if we went out there like these kids nowadays. They they have it in them. They, it looks like they're like I don't think they're happy. I, they here's look, the, here's the difference between that and now. And I'm gonna tell you that right now. I would be happy to take that fucking loss. Because I'm still going to pay all my bills no, with I that money. I don't think I, a lot I, I of pro- these guys dude, think about Dude, Sellis, listen, look at me right now. He had a full-time job at the fucking, as, with a steady income with the fire department. Me and you did not have that. When we fought, that was our fucking money. We got sponsorship money. We got show money and win money. I needed that win money. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I fucking hated it, and I was, that, that pressure on me of getting it. So now, when you when you're signing contracts, you know, let's say thirty grand. Oh fuck yeah, I'm cool with that. Let's go thirty and thirty, sixty grand. Fuck yeah. I mean, I always I'm say, happy doing this I, and being and I think more now moving into the coaching side. I've I've been. You look at guys like you're saying like there is a certain thing that you see in a lot of champions and really high level guys. And I'm going to mention like a Justin Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Or a, it's a one percenter and, though. And, and people that feel real, co- they don't get too high or too low. Like, you know, they're about to go in the cage and they're laughing, eating an M&M or, you know, they're talking, they're like talking about something. You're like, you're about to go into a fist. Yeah. And you're, I think that's just a different, man, some of these guys that are true born fighters that like, will fight anyone. I'll fight you tomorrow. Like I, I always admit 
like the Donald Cerrone, you could be like, hey, you want to fight this guy tomorrow? Oh, yeah, he's there. Me, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, oh, I need a full camp. I need, yeah. Th- th- there's different um, mentalities. And as a coach now, I look at those mentalities and see, like, I was a wound tight kind of guy. I was like you. I'm nervous. I'm Even in wrestling, I remember walking around and, like, people in the – that I had to wrestle wanted to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to you. I don't want to even look at you. I don't even want, can't talk to my parents. I'm just thinking about trying to win or what's going to happen if I lose. And you're, I don't know. You're just, you're just a little more wound tight. Oh yeah. Then some of the best in the best in the world, they got a certain mentality. And I think it's either you're born with it or not to where you don't get too high or low. And I think those create the best, best fighters or either that, or it's someone who really knows how to control their mentality with, uh, knows how to control their emotions. And I mean, obviously everyone's going to get nervous to a certain point, but some people control better than others. I remember being a lot like what you said, super like nervous and like, wow, man, this is crazy. Like not real comfortable ever. And at a certain point, once I got to the UFC, I was semi comfortable. Even then I was still, you know, pretty wound tight with a lot of anxiety that I don't see happen to Justin Gaethje. You don't see it happen to Neil Magny. You don't see that in uh, some of these guys that make They're it happy. to the very, very, very top to level. Be there. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like like driving a car. I think when you were 16 years old and you first got in a car, you're like all nervous about it. Those guys have gotten to a certain level that they're just comfortable stepping in there. They're comfortable yeah. and happy to be doing what they do. That's their art that they're they're displaying in there. I believe that. I and really I think do. That makes a fighter on one level, and once you could get to that level of of comfort and happiness, shit, the the sky would be the limit. You know, there, sky yeah. could be the limit if you didn't I, have no no apprehension like that. Yeah, I I actually like <clears throat> yesterday I was at a the youth wrestling tournament. I'm re- I'm coaching the Mile High. Shout out to the Mile High Wrestling Club, one of the best you know in the area. Is that uh, uh, over there uh, by Pomona? Pomona, no, they're that's a different club. This is one I help Archie with, Todd Leggy. They have a couple of different locations, but they put out, they've put out like uh, Ryan Deacon was a Mile High Wrestling Club. Oh, kid. okay. Archie was, they've they've put out some top level guys. But I was coaching the other day, and I noticed in my son, just he doesn't get nervous. He's just happy. He just not nervous. And I see other kids crying and getting nervous, like I was more. And I was like, ooh. That's kind of exciting that you're not nervous. He does not nervous. He's, he's not. I'm really excited to wrestle, Dad, and like not nervous and just goes out there and normal. I was like, that's a pretty good mentality. Get, you know, who knows if we'll be able to keep? I'm hoping he'll keep that. And I'm yeah. like, that's what you need to yeah. have fun in the sport. If you're too nervous all the time, it makes it a little tougher on you. Well, if you can't like, why do you want to do it? Yeah. Why did yeah. we? I mean, honestly, like, I had the same thing. Like when I fought, man, I. I I got nervous, just I got scared as fuck, right? I, I, you could talk in my head. I could try to be my hateful person, try to hate that, and like I did this and that. But until I fucking got socked up a couple times, then I was cool. Yeah. Then I was okay being in there, right? But before that, it, it, everybody's like, oh, once you get taped up and you wake the walk, you're good. I wasn't good until I got fucking socked in the face, dude. I really wasn't. As soon as I start, as soon as you start mixing it up, then it did all goes. Yeah, then it's That's then you're just like the crowd gets away, the, everything you know goes away, but the bugs. But um, <laughs> we were we were we were talking about you know old times of us you know sparring and this and that. But I honestly got to say the the one of the best times I've had you know as as a you know former fighter now coach. Um, it's just the memories of all of us doing this. And, like, you know, I would honestly say 
when I got to I I got to corner Justin in some of his USC fights, and the one time that 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 fucking uh, <laughs> gets me the most uh, memory time is oh, I fucked up my back. It was Tony Basili, oh, yeah. Trevor, and me. And we go. Was it was it Seattle or was that? Was uh, we, I was fighting the Australian kid in, in Cincinnati. Yeah, it was in Cincinnati, right? So we get there, the day of the fight, fucking everything's cool. Me and Sal there. I'm like, you know, kicking him with Sal, but, I, but my back is fucked. <laughs> and and I, I told him, he goes, bro, I got a muscle relaxer. You want one? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> fuck yeah, That's I do. That's a terrible thing. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm on the, we're on the bus, the shuttle bus to the fucking fight, right? You were asleep. Out. <laughs> yeah, you just out. I could do it, right? Uh, before that, we were at the we were in the hotel room and Trevor was warming me up. For some reason, we were in that hotel room. Yep. We the beds. Trevor's warming me up, and you know, right before the fight, the like the intensity is up. Everyone's kind of even if you're in the corner, you're kind of like sure. You're still riding yeah, a little bit understand. of adrenaline too. And Luke's like, these fucking muscle relaxers aren't even working. <laughs> like right at the beginning, he's all mad. His back's hurt. I'm fucking he's like, what's hurt. up? These fucking muscle relaxers ain't even working, Tony. Tony's like, ah, I don't know, man. Take so, another like, one. We hit <laughs> no. me and Trevor hit a couple more rounds, and you know we're like, oh yeah, you know, just doing the normal thing. We look over <laughs> and Luke's like this. Just I'm seeing. I'm fucking seeing. He's so, gone. So, so we get we're in the middle of the fight, and he's probably like middle of the fight card, and we're in there, and he's fucking fighting. He fucking drops this dude, knocks him out or whatever, and the fucking party's done, right? Like. And I'm like fucking slow mo camera, (laughs) (laughs) and then yawned in the middle. (laughs) (sighs) I want to fucking muscle relax and try to get hyped because he just like I said you were exhausted. Oh, dude! Oh, that shit was fucked. Oh, I was so fucked, dude. And I was like, damn, I will never do that again. Swear (laughs) to God, dude, that was crazy. But there was another time, uh, Salas and I, we were in. it was Seattle, and that's when I just fought Aaron Riley. Was it Aaron Riley? Yeah, yeah fucking stud, right? Like a, a legend of the sport, right? He fucking <clears throat> you got stitched up that fight too. I got kicked right in the face. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just a normal day. And that guy fucking, was a gritty veteran. Oh, he was tough Super as gritty fuck. veteran. And yeah. uh, so this when Bang was working with uh, Alpha Male, like. All those guys and we were talking about this story on the way up. Oh, dude, this is no bullshit. This is no <laughs> fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And Dwayne, this is when. So you know, it's it's funny because I could you know t- relate to you guys. Everybody knows Dwayne when he was fighting or his time to train. Hundred percent fucking balls the wall. Yeah, he was definitely He's not on nice. point. On point. You if you ain't there on time, then fuck you. Right. Yeah. And when he left. He fucking must have found out like what marijuana did. Calmed you down, started smoking some weed, relaxed him. He was coaching though. He didn't have to. Yeah, tell he was coaching. Himself. Yeah, he was done. He did his deal. So uh, we get we we get to the fucking fights and we sit we see him. He's like, hey man, after the fight, what do he say? You want to go to the spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, man. I my dumbass was thinking. Uh, the, the space, space needle, needle. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, I want to hang out with Dwayne because I missed him, right? Sure. And we got done fighting, and we're we're having beers and we're having fun at the thing, and I want to go hang out. So I hit up Dwayne. I said, "Hey, let's go to the spaceship," <laughs> and he goes, "Cool, come to my room." So we go to his room, 
right? And you got to realize, like, I, like I smoke weed now, right? Never was I, uh, so you know, I was never yeah. a weed smoker, right? Never. And I fucking get there to his room, and he's fucking there. He's fucking, and Danny Castillo, all these fucking team alpha males there. Uh, their whole coaching staff right now is uh, doing running it now, and we just got done running. They're cool, and I'm thinking we're going to the Space Needle <laughs> to hang out and have fun, you know, and shit. And he's like, you ready to go spaceship? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, he goes, all right, so yeah. everybody phonals in, in the bathroom. They do the fucking roll Hold the towels little, up, throw the little, steam shower on. Put a little joint out. <laughs> A little joint out. This motherfucker was a Louisville slugger bat, dude. It was the biggest blood I've ever seen in my life. And oh, I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to do this before we go see the spaceship. Go to the spaceship, right? <laughs> yeah, they, pass, they pass that around. Everyone takes a puff. And nothing big. We're all just going to take a puff. And who knows? Then we're all going to go out after the fight. Puff, 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 puff. And then we hand it to Luke, and Luke goes, puff. <laughs> cough, cough, cough. Backpedal. D cleats himself into the tub, takes out the shower curtain, rolls out, and like his... And everyone, we're all looking at him, like, and then they look at me and they go, "What'd you do to him?" And I go, "I don't know. I, he just took a puff, <laughs> and he was tangled up in the shower curtain. Then he comes out on all fours, all disheveled, and just pukes all over." <laughs> this is and Dwayne, Dwayne's just shaking his head. Or, and everybody's like, "What the fuck did you?" So everybody go, funnels you out. Give him salad. So I wa- go. I didn't give him anything. You nobody wants did. to be around puke, right? In the tub, right? It smells, yeah, of right? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and I come out. I'm cleaning up. I don't want to be leave a mess, right? And I'm cleaning it up. My own shit. With let the it go floor down. mat. Oh, dude. Shower and, towel. And whatever. And I come out, and I'm like, oh. and I look at Dwayne, and he's on, he's he's sitting Indian style on his bed eating rice with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, but he no. was eating it like a true professional Chinese guy, like you know, not like stumbling around like, like a pro. I was like, damn, this motherfucker been in China. Yeah, I was like, damn, this motherfucker did fight in Japan. And I was like, are we not going to this place? He goes, dude, you got to go. We left. We left with the bar started drinking. But I swear to God, Danny Castillo, to this day, he will not let me see him without saying, You're right. Right. Are you goes, okay? So- What's up, man? You want to go get high? <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, I ain't going to ever get high with you guys, ever. But it was so fun, man. Like, that honestly. Good, good memories. Oh, that's the stuff that's so priceless to me, I think, is just, you know, Especially now that I get older, to me, like, the memories is where it's all at, dude. That's why I try to tell, like, Justin all the time, dude. Take these pictures, save them. Yeah. Just save them, dude. I, I wish like I had those, pictures. like those pictures that he brought for you. Oh, I don't know 100% you, right there. I don't know if you articulated to the uh, people listening or not, but, yeah, he brought you a bunch of old pictures from your fighting days. Never. Ha- yeah, I'm, posters and yeah. gloves and, and, and the a posters bunch of pictures. Are, yeah. Yeah. Tap out poster of signed with by mask and... Uh, like the original the OG, yep. Sky when they were that was like the mask was alive. Then. Yeah, that's the motherfucker that paid my rent, dude. Mm-hmm. Because without Tap Out sponsor me, dude, I would didn't make shit. I mean, without them sponsor me, dude, I don't know if I would have continued to fight. Yeah. 
My truck was definitely getting repoed. Yeah, I'm telling you that right now because I did not make enough money from LA boxing and fighting if it wasn't for Tap Out. Yeah, Tap Out was a cool dude. They fucking not only did they sponsor me and give me a monthly check, but they sent us boxes of swag gears to go to fucking shows and sell it and make a hundred percent profit. So whatever I sold at fucking Rocky Mountain Bad Boys or Ring of Fire, yeah, that me great. and Dwayne were fucking slanging that shit, and that was pocket. That was money I could fucking. That was great, yeah. yeah, it was the best thing those ever, good, dude. Those guys are like part of the culture, deep culture back in. I mean, it's all past now and maybe even slightly forgotten by some of the new fans that don't even. <laughs> they don't know the younger kids who don't. They probably don't even know tap out. They don't even know mo- what most of this shit is. I had to get on some kids the other day at the gym, trying to call themselves grapplers and they didn't know who judo gene labelle was yeah they didn't know any anything about even though this is kind of comical stuff but henato laranja they didn't know who that was and i was like dude you guys can't call yourself grapplers if you don't know about these youtube the old guys schools or, yeah, yeah. they blazed the trail for yeah, a lot yeah. Of those guys are the the that's the old school stuff yeah i would uh just the other day i got to go down a i, I generally don't stare, share stuff at work now it's obviously been a long time since i uh Fought. Nobody that I work with anymore really knows much about that stuff. A handful of dudes do. One dude was kind of asking me some questions, and I told him, he's like, hey, do you have any uh, fights, or what did you do when you are fighting? And I said, hey, man, there were some, some fights on YouTube that you could look up if you want. I said, I never show them to anybody, but if you want to look them up, you can. We are sitting in a chair, and I noticed he was looking, looking up some old fights and mm-hmm. stuff. So then I kind of went down like a little memory lane. I yeah. shared some uh, some uh, commercials that I was on back in the day yeah. and shared some old fights and just kind of sh- showed him some stuff. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm not trying to brag, bro, but you were asking. You know, so <laughs> I showed him some stuff. But he, he had to know, though, right? Well, I, I don't – honestly, man, I don't try to relive that stuff. You know, it, you a lot know, of guys – I never wanted to be like one of those guys. There's a lot of guys that I meet that are still living in that, that time, the peaked in high school guy, dude, it's – Shit, that was ten years ago, man. I I do other shit now. You yep. know, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I never wanted to be that guy, so I try not to to live on that stuff. It's um, it made me feel good to share that with that guy anyway, and he was real happy to to show it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I I think it's good to have it and show like the younger crew, like, hey, listen, you know, this is what I did, and maybe that's it's a good thing he asked for advice and like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, you know, I don't know. It's good. Like, here's my deal. And this is part of me why I stepped away from coaching so much is because it wasn't um, like it was when we fought guys, and then how I grew up, it wasn't it wasn't like um, you know you had to earn your way. Not I'm not before I say this, it's not like these guys don't earn their way now. It's just the people that I started working with and and uh, coaching they they expected everything given to them. Like, when am I going to get this sponsor? When am I going to get this? When am I going to get that? When am I going to get on a big show? Motherfuckers start fighting, beating people up. I would even say that just the talent level of the the young amateurs nowadays is has changed so much. Oh, everything has changed, dude. It's, these, these kids are fucking savages. This 17-year-old kid comes in, and he's he's never even fought before, but he's a fucking brown belt in jiu-jitsu, and he has good striking and boxing. Shit, I can't even deal with this 145 pound kid that's a brown belt in jujitsu and he's 18 years old, dude. It's yeah, 
Yeah, these these the talent it, level changed ginormously. Well, and that and that's kind of like where I'm I'm going with my point is when I started going with it, there was a handful of people, and maybe I just got a bad litter of it. I don't know. It was enough for me to say I'm stepping away because one, it was more like my family got involved, like where I had to pick and choose. Like, is it worth me keep continuing to be gone every weekend? Coaching fighters, this and that, or be home and gr- and make my kids happy and be be you know be around that. And I kind of balance it out, and like I said, I'm cool where I'm at right now because I think I I really made the right choice. I tell you what, I do really like most about everything right now is I have this podcast and I get to bring guys like you guys back in. And um, you know, la- the last podcast I had Grant and yeah. and and Anthony uh, Adams, it, like I just missed that. Yeah. So we get to do this high beers. I'm cool with it. Stand around the game, yeah. It's yeah, a, it's cool. Exactly. Like speaking what? of which, thank you for having me on. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was I was telling people today that I was honored that you wanted. To oh yeah. Have my old ass on here. To <laughs> talk about and here's some the thing, man. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, they gotta be like. Something like with status and this and that, and people like, oh man, I need to have this guy on my podcast. I'm like, I don't know that motherfucker, mm-hmm. and it's nothing like I give a fuck about. Like, yeah, we can have a good time on the podcast, but like, I literally have more. We have more stories to talk about than I would have with a guy that has whoever who he is, right? Like, I don't care, and that's kind of the, the next topic I want to go in with with you guys. Like what is probably one of the most memorable times fighting as a fighter? You, good or bad, gym, fight, whatever. What is uh, the like the thing you look back at and you're like, damn, that was a good time? I mean, all, just all the like the th- like the times in LA boxing where you started for me, and also, I mean, uh, one of the most memorable for me would be just getting the call from the UFC and then like fighting the first fight and actually being like, wow, you're there. That's super memorable. But, um, and just getting to meet all. And, and then even now, I guess you just think of, like you said, once it passes, you just think back about all the times that you took for granted. You kind of just thought it was going to be there forever. And, uh, um, that, that stuff's just priceless. I mean, Trevor tells you that all the time when you're just take in the moments, love the moments. We're only going to remember the memories we're really even halfway you don't even remember the wins and losses that no. much but you're going to remember when we're old we're going to remember those fun times and just you know uh like you were saying you don't want to be the guy who's always talking about your days when 20 20 years ago that's probably why Luke has a podcast right Robert's a black belt in jiu-jitsu I'm coming back into coaching it's because in the end you want to kind of stay around the game because mm-hmm. it's something that you love that you're <coughs> passionate about it's like uh Something that even if you get away for a while, you realize that I can't really live without it, but I can't go in there and fight anymore. I can't. But the mar- the martial arts is something that just kind of grabs you. It's in your soul. And you get, you know, you, you get, for me now, it's, I've, you know, I never really thought too much about coaching, but I'm actually having a really good time coaching. And even now that I get to coach my son, I realize how much I like coaching. Yeah. And so... And, it's, and I think half of that's like what Robert said. It gives me a chance to stay relevant or to stay close to the game, not relevant, but stay close to the game and even go talk to the guys who are sparring now 
come look at some of these guys who are coming up there, the champions of the future. No one even knows them. Yeah. But, uh, and just getting – and then also coming back around and seeing all the guys that we went through, they're now passing knowledge down to these other guys who are having a success at the highest level. Yep. It just makes you feel pretty, ha- you know, grateful to have been around that whole culture. Even, like, the team elevation guys like Christian and um, Vinny and Cody and then, you know, even, you know, Elliot Marshall and guys like Leister and all those guys who were, we were all in – Robert, all of us were in this culture together. Mm-hmm. We all took separate paths, and then a lot of us went out, we left, and or came back. But in the end, you always kind of come back to it just to stay close to it in any way, you know. Kind of, I, I so. to me, it was like the camaraderie. I think yeah. I just miss fucking we were having a good time back then. Oh, dude, it was a it was the best time that I don't think. Like, remember, like, even at the end of the deal, like, we would go spar and then we were like, or we go train. And then we're like, oh, let's go have some beers after this. Mm-hmm. Like that was to me was like when I was like, this is my cup of tea and my cup of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we go beat the fuck out of each other for fucking an hour. Yeah. And then we're fucking cool and we're going to go have fun. And- Nothing like getting some brain trauma and then wash it down with some alcohol. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> just, just, I mean, for some, uh, that is probably trauma. what heals it actually. Uh, is what I, no, but I, I mean, I even see these younger guys now with watching Archie and go out to his fight and. After the fight, all his Wyoming wrestler buddies, and yeah. all, they all come and they're all pumped and they're ready to go out and have a good time. I tried to go out with them one trip and got, I can't hang. Now I'm just, now I like to you look, now I like to, for that. yeah, now I like to look at them and see how fun, much fun they're having and being like, all right, guys, be safe, have fun and just feeling good for them. Yep. Like, that's a fun time. Like I almost feel like telling them like what we're saying here, like just remember this because yep. it goes it by quick. I tell them, and I tell everybody. It's not a 20 year career here, guys. Like. And, you know, all those other guys, too, you know, just, just to see them all together. And they're all chasing dreams and young, and they got the ability to be there. It's uh, it's it's cool and just something that keeps you keeps you going, you know. Well, and One that- of my uh, work homeboys hit me with something that would, like, really hit home. He said that the youth is wasted on the young. Not really, like, like I wish I would have appreciated my youth more, but it was wasted on the young. Yeah. Your youth, if we were and older it, and we were that spry and that young and that have that much energy, with shit, our we would have used now, it. You yeah, really yeah, had a little better now, understanding. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they say. What is uh, the, all the gray whiskers that we get? And that's knowledge, man. That's yeah. fucking knowledge. Um, Robert, what is probably one of your most memorable? I was thinking about this too when you asked that question. Um, I got a pretty good one. I've been a, a avid biker for mm-hmm. years. I had a lot of Harleys, and I've I've been riding Harleys for a lot of years. So I got a Sturgis a lot of years. So back in the day, Sturgis was a was a, a no. Um, they didn't have a boxing commission. They used to have this crazy fucking place called the Knuckle Saloon. Yep, I know that. These, these crazy fights, and I've dude, I fucking digged on on Facebook for hours looking for this. One time, I went there with some of my homeboys, and I was I think I had been fighting in, as an amateur a few times. I wasn't. By any means, was I a savage? But I went in there, and I'll I'll name drop Travis Coyle. I think oh, yeah. he fought in Bellator a couple times. He was one of these fucking dudes. So the first few years I went, they had these like it was like this fucking biker would beat up this biker. They had this Hell's Angel fighting this Mongol, whatever. Then a, a handful of years later, I went, and then it was like these bunch of MMA kids yep. that were beating up these bikers. And I had gone there a couple days. We were there for like a week or something. I'd gone there two or three days in a row, and I watched a few fights. 
these fucking trained MMA kids, and Travis Coyle was one of them beating up these fucking bikers. And I was had a, already had a few drinks, and, and I was like, I was with one of my homeboy's wives because we had gone to, she was a flight attendant, and she flew into uh, Rapid City, and we had gone to pick her up that morning at like noon or something. And then we rode back, and we were already partying and having a good time, and I was already on a bender for a few days. And we got there, and I saw these Perfect fucking kids. Yeah, I saw these kids beating up these bikers, and I go, hey, her name was Pam. I go, Pam, come with me. She goes, where are we going? I go, we're going to go pick a fight. And we went outside, and these fucking, those MMA kids' coach was outside. And I go, hey, what's up, man? Are you, are you going to fight today? He goes, I want to, but nobody will fight me. And I go, I'll fight you. He goes, you want to fight? Like, you got all excited. And I go, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to fuck around. I'm going to be here for two hours. But I'll, I'll, if we're going to fight, I'm going to fight in the next 30 <laughs> minutes or whatever. He goes, all right, yeah, yeah. He takes me over to the fucking uh, to the table where we talk to this girl. She goes, how about you're up in two fights? I go, yeah, I'm down. All right, let's go. And she was this lady was tripping. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I go, sometimes you got to test yourself. Let's fuck see what's up. They ever thought you were just a normal <laughs> biker? Yeah, just some drunk biker. So anyway, I fucking took my shirt off, and I went over, found some hand wraps, and they had a bowl of mouthpieces, like, all in this fucking, the soup that you all put your used. recorder. Uh, yeah, all used. They were fitted for other people. I found a mouthpiece, some hand wraps, and I went out there, and I fucking knocked that dude out in about 45 <laughs> seconds. And then people threw money from the top, because the knuckle saloon was real tall. Yeah. They threw money from They're the top. Like one of the bikers won. Yeah. yeah. Finally, yeah. one finally. biker. And then I ended up talking to those dudes after Travis Coyle and those dudes. You know, like, oh, I'm from Denver. But I thought they were, like, disrespecting the sport, you know, to yeah. me for these MMA kids. They weren't drinking. They were drinking Gatorade and waters and beating up all these drunk biter, bikers. So, hey, so you got to educate him. I wish I had the video of that because that's probably my best story ever. That's a good anything. story because that is. one, to fight like that, though, is – uh. Probably the best feeling because you just really don't care. You're like, I know I'm going to do what I got to do. Well, there was definitely no build up to it. Yeah. I wasn't like it's for 12 weeks it. thinking about that guy every night, all worried and yep. nervous. Yeah, There was nothing like that. I made that decision in 20 minutes. You yeah. know, that's the best. Yeah. It's like a bar fight, right? Like a bar fight happens like that. Just so it doesn't matter. Like you don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. You're yeah. Not, that, not that's the worst it. part about an MMA fight, I think, is like you got fucking. You know when you sign that contract, somebody's training to whoop your fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, I don't know. That was always not my whole deal, but this podcast is brought to you by Cryptic, the best hunting and fishing outdoor tactical gear on the planet. That's right. I said it on the planet. That is why I wear it and my team wears it. Guys, check out cryptic.com and when you go to the checkout, type in our code gladiators that's all capital letters gladiators to save that money cryptech.com what a, they, they what should a great get spot you have here it's cool speaking huh? of which yeah i've never been up here but what a do you shoot um elk and deer right out of your you yard? can i can shoot fucking deer out here for sure yeah yeah i get fucking deer is it elk i don't get very many elk it's like a hit and miss deal really yeah but, um, I mean, I see them, like, in the summertime, they'll be walking up the fucking road. Straight up. It's crazy. But, yeah, deer fucking here like crazy. How about bears? You get bears and oh, cats? Oh, tons of bear. There? Tons of bear. And cats, too? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bobcats, uh, mountain lions. Uh, I haven't seen any mountain lions. I've just seen, like, footprints in the snow. But when we bought this house, 
they fucking uh the owner says like I saw I was always asking like what kind of wildlife we got here they're like oh shh. two weeks ago there was two mountain lion lying in your driveway I was like what yeah I haven't seen them yet I haven't seen them but you never seen a mountain lion I Don't have. you put game cameras up and stuff yeah I put I got cameras up speaking so we of need, is Rolly in here. Yeah, he's uh, in here. Yeah. Where's my dog? He <laughs> smokes like cats. Yeah. And yeah. I won't even be able to go home. Dude, I tell you what, man. You know what's crazy? What I do got out here that's fucking huge? Fucking raccoons. These motherfuckers are some big motherfucking roided out coons, dude. They're eating your garbage. I swear to God, dude. There are some big motherfuckers. One time, because I got these ring cameras, you know, and so like this ring went off and we were here hanging out. And, uh, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, there's a fucking coon right there, right? So I, I grabbed the fucking broom handle, and I was going to fucking just whack it when he opened the door. Well, I fucking, well, you see where the trash cans are right there. I fucking opened it, and I went almost right to hit, and I was like, oh, fuck. I thought it was a cub. I thought, bear, bear. I thought it was a cub, a bear cub. And I was like, oh, because, well, I wasn't worried about the the cub. But the mom's. I was somewhere. worried about the mom, like, because it's dark out there, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, fuck, I raped it. I was like, shut the door. And then he fucking popped his head out, and it was fucking a raccoon. But his ass was fucking huge, dude. When I came out there, I was like, oh, fuck, I thought this was a fucking raccoon. It was, but I, it made me second guess myself because I about shit myself when I said, oh, that might be a fucking bear but either way anyways we good cody would you jump on that bear's back for luke like those wyoming boys did for luke. <laughs> well would here, you poke its eye out and i'd definitely do that slap here, some legs in on him i'm i'm telling you man uh there is some big ass fucking bear here though like in the summertime you come in here i i usually try to walk people out with my fucking shoddy or, or gun because there's some big fucking bears. You and they're confident? Fuck. The bear's that confident? They, just they don't give a fuck. Really? They don't give a fuck. They see people all the time. They're not scared of you. And, and I'm talking that I've had probably four to 500-pound bear. He's like, remember that one time, Cody, we were here? Uh, we just came back from Texas hunting, and we had uh, Axis deer in our in my cooler, and that Yeti, that big-ass one. Yeah, I remember that. How much did that fucking thing weigh? That was heavy. I'm I'm oh, telling you, heavy. 200 pounds, I'm saying, right? 250, fuck it. It's my story. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had it right there, and I happened to drain some blood out of it, right? And I was like, ah, oh, nobody's going to fuck with this in the Yeti, right? Sure shit. Did we not see the sensor lights go off? We just got inside, and uh, this fucking bear, and it wasn't a very big bear. It was a fucking medium, medium 200-pounder. That motherfucker took that thing down the hill, didn't it? And I was like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? Let's go down there. Let's go out there and scare him away because he's taking our meat. That's the best meat ever. I grab a fucking, what do we grab, a snow shovel yeah. I had right there? <laughs> and I fucking was like, get out of here. And it, it finally took off, right? And me and him went to go grab that motherfucker to pull up. Dude, you want to talk about a fucking a haul? Mm -hmm. This motherfucking bear just... Took it all the way down with no problem. Me and him. Let me hit my inhaler. <laughs> and and I, I'm telling you, I was like, damn, they're so fucking big and strong. Like, you have no idea. But, yeah, we got that motherfucker back. But, like, there's some big-ass bears here. No doubt. No doubt there's a big-ass bear. You've seen a bear? 
Uh, yeah, a couple times. I was I was hunting one time when I was a young man, and I was hiking through the mountains, and I looked across maybe like a field or something, and a bear was standing up looking at me Yeah, on two legs. I looked at him, and I just kept on going. He didn't bother me. But that's only like the most uh, interaction I really had with a bear. We were in Yellowstone last summer or two summers ago maybe, and I saw a brown bear for my first time. Big ass ones, Fuck big man. I think it's a big female, but it was it was big. I just caught a glimpse of it, but it's definitely a big, maybe like eight hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, big, big compared to a, a black bear that we have here. Oh yeah, really, really big, big difference. Yeah, for sure. And those motherfuckers will fuck you up. That's when I noticed the difference. I mean, you so you're from Wyoming, Sal. So you've seen them. Uh, have you any, any encounters? No, I've seen them from a distance, Yellowstone. Um, never really came up on one hunting or anything. Um, I'm, you know, I guess some people might want that experience. I'm not too eager to come up. I, don't, I wouldn't mind seeing them from a distance and be able to watch them. But I'm not, we're, I ain't trying to come up on one and have to uh, deal with it. No. We were in uh, uh, British Columbia, and I was hunting uh, black bear. And you can't hunt grizzlies there anymore. So they're getting overpopulated. We were on those e-bikes. We went around this corner, uh, fucking Sal and two cubs were right there, and you're talking grizzlies, dude. These I think that's fuck. danger when when the when the females with the cubs. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. That's when it's real danger. Yeah, it's yeah. no. That's when you like. I turned around and my guys were gone already. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gone, and I'm telling you right now. That one scared the fuck out of me. I said, no, I ain't getting on those bikes again, dude. Because we were so quiet and south that we went around the corner and bam, they, they were right there. Yeah. You, yeah. It's a good thing that you look like one of them. That's why they were like, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, Pot. He's, he's one of us. And they were like, <laughs> I don't know. He's cool. How did he learn how to ride a bike? <laughs> Shit. Why did you get me one of those? That was, they thought you were homie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what do you think about those electric bikes as far as like, Maybe not in grizzly country, but like hunting. No, nah, they're bike. cool, man. I I I just happened to get rid of mine. Um, I, after Justin fucking himself up a few times, and then we were on that uh, on those six hour games, and we did those things, and it was the, the condition was just all fucked up. But I was like, man, fuck these things. I fucked myself up easily though. And like wrecking. Uh huh. They were pretty easy to wreck, huh? Yeah. Because it's rough to turn. It's just you, you know you just they got so much torque. Mm. They're just gone, boom, and you're fucked. And I don't know. I I never really fucked myself up bad enough, but I I was cool not doing them anymore. I had two of them. Fuck, you know. And so something like, that you guys we probably haven't talked about much, but I raced a lot of dirt bikes when I was a young kid, and the the dirt bike game, those e like electric dirt bike, mm-hmm. those shits will compete against a fucking. Gnarly 450, really? badass, yeah, electric dirt bike. There, there, I think, I don't know, I mean, don't quote me on this shit, but I think there's people racing those electric dirt bikes with the super competitive people in really? the real dirt bike racing. Yeah, it's it's that's how far the electric scene has come along. I'm telling you, man, I, uh, this company I, 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 I'm trying to work with is called uh, Mossimo Motors. That's what they do. They specialize in electric. Dude, their shit is unbelievable. And I'm watching their shit, and I'm like, dude, this shit's crazy. All off a fucking power battery, dude. And it's nuts. I mean, like, I don't know. To me, for the hunting game, they're quiet. Electric is always quiet instead of gas, you know, and it doesn't smell. 
But I don't know. I just, me personally, I don't, I'm done with them. Yeah. I was always just curious about it. Just seem, It seems like a decent idea. It, it seems like a better way if you were hunting because one thing when I used to hunt a lot more was your car or your four-wheeler or whatever was always making a lot of noise. You would think that would be scaring the game away. Mm-hmm. But if you had electric dirt bike or electric yeah. four-wheeler, electric side-by-side or whatever you used, you could probably – get to different places without scaring all the game away. Yeah, faster, quieter. Yeah. Even yeah. if you just get to the point where you're going to walk from yeah. really yeah. fast and get there quicker. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm saying. That's why I got them because my fat ass was tired of hiking. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to buy these bitches. Speaking of, of hunting, what what's the story, man? I, you don't do no fishing. Why not? Uh, it's just too easy for me. With your ass, <laughs> <laughs> with your ass. I do. I honestly, man. I, I don't back, lie. Don't lie to the people back, because back I've, home, I've, I've tried to talk to you a lot of times about going fishing. I've even tried to come to listen, go fish by you. I'll bring listen. you to my secret spots, and you, you always have some bullshit. You don't I'm, have. I, listen, listen, Linda. I fish. <laughs> I fish. I do. I. I back home. I fish. I'm I'm known as that's fucking Nebraska, dude. dude you that's live the in best fucking area. You know, people come from all around the world to fish in Colorado. I know, like the most the <laughs> world renowned. I seen dudes in, from Japan fishing the Dream Stream. I seen dudes from from France fishing here. They don't go to Nebraska to yeah, go fish. Yeah, they're looking all looking for that trouser trout. What are you gonna catch a wiper? Nobody the, cares about that, dude. Those are the best to catch. I know I caught a big ass wiper. This They're year. fun, huh? It's strong. It's like catching a fucking it's a strong marlin. fish, dude. Yeah, I was, I was like, yeah, I was, I was, uh, uh, I was fishing on Stanley Lake. That's right by my house, uh-huh. and I have a little boat. They only allow trolling motors on there, and I was fishing on Stanley Lake, and I fucking hooked into this big fish, and it took my fucking rod. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, I don't know what I have. My thankfully, my homeboy was with me. Dude, I fucking got this wiper. It was so big that I was scared of it. Yeah, they're huge. It was going to hook my hand with the lure in its mouth. I was scared to touch. I didn't want to get it. We got it out. I took a couple pictures with it and put it back. Dude, I was scared. You were scared of a wiper? It was a big fish, man. I don't know. No, they're good. It was so big. It was so big. It's a white fish. Yeah, I I just wanted to put it back because it was so big. I don't don't like to keep. I'm not like like a lot of these people um, that want to, like, always put all the fish back. I like to eat some fish that I have. But if I catch a real, real big fish, I like to put it back so somebody could catch it later. But I catch a medium fish. If I catch a medium fish, I want to eat it. Okay. Yeah, What's your like best it. fish you caught? Probably that wiper. Yeah. I bet okay. it was a twelve pound wiper. Okay. I can show you in my in my phone. I want to see it. It's not it. a fish story. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a real story. <laughs> no, it is. The you, wipers are the best. Dude. It's a real fish so, story. So where I it's where I grew up story, yeah. where I grew up, uh, there was these called these uh, top water lures, and you. And you hit the top water, you make the water splash, and these wipers will come up and just fucking hammer those top waters. And then you said the hook. To me, that is the best fucking time ever when they're hitting the top water because you, all you hear is that but fucking. The, but the point I'm making is that you're missing. You live right here in these beautiful mountains, dude. This is where this is where people come from around the world to I come know, and fish. Man, I here's know. A, and you want to go to Nebraska and go fish? No, I, I, dude, listen. I'll fly fish this year. My brother-in-law, big fly fisherman. Like he wants to take me and do all this. I, I will do it. I got a rod, man. Look at my rod over there. Here's a. Here's I see I, it's got dust right all there, over. Right there, right there. Mira, yeah. mira, mira. 
Yeah, I see it. It looks like it's been sitting there for seven to ten years. It's here's been what, sitting there for a minute. Here's what I've actually told you this before. I mean, I like to fish, but I thought, I was like, Luke should have, like, the Gladiators Unleashed Fishing Derby, and it's all, you can fish in any lake in town. We'll make it a town. thing. So you're not, okay, we're not going to go out and catch monsters, but let's see who can go find the little crummiest little lake on town in town. Anything in city limits, we could say it's in Denver and Arvada or whatever, north. You you could find any city lake there to catch your fish, and we have like a two day fishing derby. We get all of our buddies together, and we I see like who can catch. I the think most that'd be that'd be fish. better at like at a camping trip. That'd be better at like a camping a camping trip, and be like, let's go do this, and uh, we all put in a little money, and you know, top three get that money. I just want to go scout because I fish a lot of the little. Podunk City Lakes and me and my son, we have fun. We catch a lot of we know where to those go. little city we lakes. Oh, of so he fish. has one up. He yeah. wants to do the derby. I, I, well, hey, I'm just doing like Luke. He invites me up to play darts or something that he's been practicing for 14 months and then yeah. starts betting <laughs> money. Right? So I've I'm trying to get him, him back on this. I've never been fishing with you. I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to get him back for that. Like I'm gonna, we're gonna fuck it Luke up for sure. <laughs> he ain't gonna. He's probably gonna catch like one little sucker or a sunfish or something. Hey, right? uh, hey, if it counts, Rami will crush him. Yeah, I'm just saying. Robert, every time I'm like, I hit you up for fishing, you're like, I'm like, well, how's fishing going? Oh, you know, it's okay. Cool. You're I don't, always I don't look, think you've ever hit me up. You're always looking for trouser trout, bro. <laughs> 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 uh, honestly, I know. I, this year, let's go. Okay. I'll go. I'll, 100%. Oh, and, 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 and Justin and I were talking on the way up about hunting. Like, I've I've done a lot of hunting in my life. My biggest issue with hunting is I don't want to pick up another hobby <laughs> that I suck at. Because I already have too many hobbies I suck at. <laughs> I suck we at... Uh, well, uh, you do motocross, too. Like, you have that big, souped-up vehicle. What is that? Talk about that. That's what I want to know. What do you... What do you what's that truck you so have? So, here's... Yeah, I... I don't even have any trucks anymore. I, oh, you got I, rid I of got it? got rid of all that shit. But what I do have, and this is something people can... People can mark my words. I have a Mexico trip coming up. Like I love to go to Mexico and go ride dirt bikes and and off road and do shit like that. I have a trip coming up in April of this year with some dudes that I work with that we go ride dirt bikes, and we're gonna go ride like for five or six days in Mexico and go from place to place. And they want to do like 150 miles a day, which is a lot of fucking dirt bike riding. Yeah, and. I tried to get them to change the trip to the fall so we could, like, get in shape and get ready for it. They shut me down, and they were like, no, we're going in April. So I've been, like, trying to get in shape, riding my bike more and doing more, like, cardiovascular exercise other than jujitsu uh-huh. to, like, get my body ready to go do this dirt bike trip in Mexico. Yeah, it's always brutal. That's a lot. Dude, that's, that's cool. tough. The biggest thing is that that is a problem in Mexico is that in Mexico, there's real fucking consequences to face. There's no nine one one in Mexico. There's no. no. There's no. If you get fucked up, yeah, and they can't help you right there, then and there, you might not make it. Yeah. And I've tried to tell these dudes, some of these dudes I work with, I don't think they really understand. I was in Mexico one time chasing for a big money race tre- race team. So I've done a lot of like off road racing. You know that, but yeah. the, the listeners don't really know. I've done like a lot of off road racing and stuff like that. So I was chasing for a big money race team down there. They brought me down because I'm a paramedic too, and I was part of my job was to be the paramedic and help. Me and this other Mexican dude rolled up on an accident where this this Mexican kid was riding in the back of a jeep, 
he got ejected from the Jeep. They hit a car, another car, and they got ejected, and he was out in the fucking desert all watered Fucked up. up. He was wasted. And we showed up with our med kit, and I started an IV on him, got him on a backboard, put a seat collar on him. I think he had a broken hip. I don't know for sure. But uh, it was probably about 30 minutes before anybody showed up. Then it was the police who showed up, and I was like, we did all this stuff on him. I was trying to take care of him as best as I could. And I was like, well, what do we do? And my homeboy that's from Mexico, he's like, no, we just leave him. Okay, so we just left him there. I left him with the police. He's on a backboard, and he's like the best care we had. We took off, and about 30 minutes later, we're down the road, and here comes the ambulance up the road the opposite way. Woo, 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 woo. And I was like, damn, I was talking to these other dudes like, where's the hospital from here? They're like, oh, that's about two hours that way, the opposite way. I was like, damn, that kid might not, maybe he might bleed out or something. You know, you yeah. never know. So then about another 30 minutes later, we're sitting at this checkpoint waiting for the race car. Then the ambulance goes, woo, 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 back the other way. It's just, there's real consequences in Mexico. You know well, I mean? and I mean, guess that's the only good thing about having you guys do it because you guys are EMTs trained. But you can only have a, so many only, bags of tricks. You, you can, can only back. do so much shit depending on what you have right there. A paramedic is only is only we're only there to patch up the little problems. What the, what they really need is a Just doctor to or, to or a hospital. Yeah, and in Mexico, it's it's, it's way different. Far, yeah, it's way way different. Way yeah, different. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I fought in Saudi Arabia, and I fucking had my shit all fucking opened up, and they were like, "Go to the doctor," and like all the other people were like, "You don't want to go to a fucking hospital in here. Saudi Arabia." And I was I would like, "Think there'd be good doctors there?" Yeah, it's not. That's not Dubai, Dubai, bro. Oh, Dubai is good. Saudi Arabia, not so much. And uh, they literally, Shoney Carter, he goes, bro, I have a bunch of super glue. I'll take care of it. Then I was like, cool, because I didn't want to fuck go to the hospital. Two, I want to drink beer, hang out, you know, everybody. <laughs> and uh, fuck, dude. Shoney Carter super glued your face? Yep. <laughs> I got this car right here to show you for it. I swear to God. And then I remember going to the airport and fucking shit was leaking blood all over and down the whole flight. They're like, what are you here for? Because, you know, when you fill out that thing, you're like, uh, were you here for business or just pleasure? And I was like, uh, pleasure. They're like, damn, what kind of pleasure you into? <laughs> Why didn't you just say business? Because uh, I didn't want to claim taxes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's come on, dog. That's the thing about fighting. Yeah, like, dude, that was the first time I could fucking get cash free money. And I'm not trying to claim tax on that shit. You know what I mean? Sure. Finally making money doing fighting overseas, and I'm fucking, I don't want to fucking claim that shit. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. By my wife's fucking wedding ring <laughs> with that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'll go get my Tough ass way to get it. You're like, shit, I'm going to have to go scrap it out to get a wedding ring here. Yeah, that, was, that was one thing that I, I should have done more of when, when I was fighting was travel. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, a handful of opportunities and, and one of the biggest ones that I remember Was I had an opportunity to fight in Mexico City Should have done that in a, Yeah, but it was a, a, yeah. M, a MMA tournament And they had like It was like kind of like one of the early US The way they were presenting it was you could, You're could you going to be the wrestler and the kickboxer And then they were putting a tournament together like that And I could have went to Mexico City But my homeboy, you guys know him Benito Hernandez Yeah, He said don't go it's fucking it's high safe. altitude too. 
It's not safe in Mexico City right now. Well, not only that, but it's, you're going to gas out in Mexico City. It's an elevation. It's, it's higher stupid. than Green even. It's like 67. It's like you see all the fighters down there. They don't want to fight there. Run out of gas. But, I mean, we're, we're here training in Colorado. We're already an advantage. Yeah. I wouldn't have been worried about that. Yeah. Those dudes that go from sea level, I would say, have to worry listen, about that. Listen, dude. The pollution. I, we were talking about this a while back. I went to, I fought in Victory J. Council Bluffs, you fought for him. Mm-hmm. Did you ever fight for uh, Council Victory J? What was the show called? Victory. VFC? Victory. Yeah, Victory, yeah. right? Dude, I fought three times for $1,000. $1, $1,000? One night. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Especially, I fought for their title, for, and I won their title for something ridiculous. Yeah. Really low. Yeah, it's way low still. Yeah, I bought it for a thousand dollars. I don't know if it's still. I don't think it's still around even. No, I think their their VFC is still around, but the square the it was their cell square, square, right? Yeah, 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 square. yeah, that's what I yeah. bought into. And um, yeah, I was shit. We even brought that show to Norplat because I, I fought your teammate in that show. Oh, is that what that yeah. was? VFC. So yeah. yeah. So then I bought uh, um, what was that fucking guy's name? Oh, Alonzo Martinez. Mm-hmm. I fought the champion, and that's when I won the belt there. Yeah. That promoter of that show was always a cool dude. Victory. He was a small guy, like yeah, a short, Victory J. I don't know what his real name mm-hmm. was, but Victory yeah, J. He was a, he was a pretty cool. He's uh he's the he's part of the athletic commission now in in Nebraska. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember the Victory J. Also, my last time I fought was Ryan. I think Ryan Stoddard owned. Mm-hmm. Ryan owns it now. That's who I. Was I don't think he about. does anymore. Ryan Stoddard. I don't yeah. think he does anymore. Yeah. He might not, honestly. I think, yeah, I don't think he does anymore. I've heard. But I don't Ryan Stoddard know. is the guy that bought it from Victory J. Oh, okay. So I, yeah. it just shows you how old yeah. I he am. He tried to get me a few times, but things never worked out. I'm surprised those pictures ain't black and white. That's how old that shit is, dog. 1930s, yeah, yeah. Fuck. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I Here's the thing. Like, so when you catch a fish right now, I want to know something. When you catch a fish... When do you go out? Do you go out before and be like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna keep a fish. If I keep it, I'm gonna eat it," or do you just be like, "I'm a catch release guy"? So here's here's what I was telling Justin, kind of on the way up here. I've been a fisherman my entire life. I've been just like my dad taught me how to spin fish, fish bait, and stuff like that. But as you go along and you start enjoying it more, I do every type of fishing that there is. I I ice fish and I fish from a boat and I fish from the shore and I f- fish in the ocean, whatever. I fish every way that I could possibly fish for, for a long, long time. I never wanted to be associated with fly fishermen because a lot of them are, are dicks. They either, they're too snotty. They don't, they never take no fish. They put their nose up to you if you do take fish. So I've been never really uh, wanted to be, be a part of that and i have a couple of stories like of just uh, just instances where these fly fishermen were were being dicks or causing problems one example is uh my lady and i were were fishing in rob roy reservoir one time we we're coming back from moab we we're off-roading out there and then we we're on our way and we're rob roy reservoir or rob roy state park is right on like i-70 it's like a bunch of like small little ponds right off the colorado river just a little bit um, east of Grand Junction. Uh-huh. So we stopped there, and and I think we were on our drive, and we stopped there, went to sleep, and I got up early in the morning, and I went out, and I was fishing. 
I think bait fishing or doing something spin rod and I caught my limit and I came back and I was already drinking beers at like six in the morning or seven in the morning. And I came back to the camper early and it was, let's say it's nine in the morning and she rakes up and she's like, I want to go catch some fish. I said, go ahead. I'm going to lay here and take a nap. I'll tell you where they were. They were in this pond right over here. So she goes over there and then she comes back like an hour later and I was trying to lay down and take a nap. She's like, these fucking fly fishermen over there talking shit to me about fishing with these marshmallows or whatever she was using. And I was like, what? Really? So then I was like, fuck them. Let's go see what's up. So I went back down there <laughs> to go see what's up, and they were gone. Oh, but no. I mean, but what kind of, like, person, like, like gives a, a female that's catching fish on marshmallows a hard time? Who fucking cares how she's, she's within the, the legal limits. Yeah. She's, she's doing what. It's not gold medal waters. It's nothing like that. They were talking shit to her. Finders to keepers, the point. losers, sleepers. They were talking shit to her to the point that she came back to the camper to come upset. And get me. She was yeah. upset. Yeah, that's not. Cool. And I. That's just one story. I've had a handful of, of stories like that with different fly fishermen acting that way. And I was telling Justin on the way, I never wanted to wear, the proper fly fishing gear because I didn't want to be associated with those people. Hey, it's At, like anything though. You get those bad apples. You could change that by being the fucking cool dude that does it. Because I know some fly fishers that are fucking straight cool as fuck. I know I know a lot of them now too, but I definitely still know some dudes. That oh are, yeah, that it's act like stupid, anything, bro. And it's I like don't anything. Why, I don't know why they. I don't know why they act that way. Well, you know? I, and that's need, my experience. You know, I'm sure I, there's plenty of cool fly fishermen. I don't hope you don't get flack on your on your no, comments. No, because here's this, the thing. But, because I I have got to say, it's the same thing though. Like anything. You know you're gonna have good, good people, bad people. People, there's there's always a fucking turd ball, right? But but you do fly fish now. Now you fly fish, so be yeah. that fucking person. Be like, hell yeah, cool man. I'll there's tell you fucking- what, dude, fly fishing is is really a problem too. Like I tell other people this, I was telling Justin on the way. If you're not like completely in love with fishing, like a hundred percent in love with it, don't get involved. Because just the other day, I went to Jack's, like is a is a outdoor store i spent 300 dollars on flies mm-hmm. like two little fucking things of flies like that and i didn't even need no flies i just was there and i was like oh, fucking start you just dude it gets out of control you could spend a thousand dollars on a rod yeah, 500 yeah. on a reel it it gets real yeah. out of control real quick that's that's hunting dude and then if you give in if you give in to the to the to the nerdy fly fisherman outfit, I got fucking four hundred dollar boots, five hundred dollar waders. <laughs> I got the fucking vest. That yep. you know, it, it gets real out of control real quick. You know, real. It's real a hobby. It's a hobby, dude. It is, and I and I and I do enjoy it, and I and I'm having a good time with it. I would say that's probably the the thing that I'm like most into right now is is fly fishing. But yeah. if I really would just like just. If I would just focus on one thing, like maybe jujitsu or maybe dirt bike riding or maybe fly fishing or something, I'd be a lot better at a lot of things. But I don't. Um, I'm I I suck. Cause uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> what What do you like the most out of everything right now? Out of being being not fighting, you probably love not coaching. coaching, not Spend coaching. I don't coaching. want I don't want to coach. Uh, no, no, I mean I liked uh, forge knives and like things like that. Build stuff. Really? We'll go fishing with my kid. I guess that would be the Outside of fighting, outside of coaching, and um, yeah, I'd say doing stuff like that, build, forging knives, building stuff, just little projects. Even this little stuff I do with my son, like we built a 
we built a resin axe out of resin with like it's just cool. Now it looks like a crystal stone axe, you know. Just really? Like building stuff with him. He's got a lot, like a love for, he'll see stuff on YouTube and want to build it. And sometimes we try it and it doesn't work. We suck. <laughs> sometimes like, they have like, like No, that didn't work, you know. But sometimes we build something cool and then we're both pretty happy about it. And then, you know, I hope that maybe he'll take those. Maybe one day if I'm gone, it's something that's halfway special, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. So that stuff, I'd say that's matters. probably my favorite thing to do outside of, Outside of coaching and just doing, uh, sharing time with him, doing that kind of stuff, and that's my number one, really. Yeah, I, I, dude, I'm telling you right now, the older I get, my my circle gets smaller, and the love of me just sharing it with my kids is about everything. Like, yeah. is to me is like, whatever I can do, you know. I mean, like my wife, whatever, like. I got to do this and like there's a there's a point of my wife where I'm like yeah I know I get it it's like she's all about you know family 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 and I get like I swear to god that's must be the fucking I don't even know how long we've been together over 10 years married over 10 years must have been given the the Mexican dick in her because <laughs> I'm telling you right now I feel I've like seen that's it, the and Mex- I don't think that's what it is that's I've seen it in the shower back in the day I've that's seen the it. Mexican in her dude I swear to God like she likes family 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 right that's like, good no it is that's a good I, thing to have oh I, I love it but like you know there's there's a point where I'm like oh come on man but then when I look back at it you know like you know when I was at the gym working you know at nights uh, coaching deals I was missing all these family dinners and she would you know. Like you should come here, and and be home once in a while. Yeah. And now I'm home every night, you know. And now like she's like kicking me the fuck out, right? <laughs> but don't you got something to do? Like, she was yeah. happy that you're in the garage it, doing this podcast. Yeah. She's like, get two, out. Two old clowns, and she could be in there and watch Netflix or do whatever yeah. she wants. She's like, get out of here. No, I. The one thing I will say about her is she she does that to me, and like now I'm 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 grateful because I I I quit the gym and now I'm at home every night with them i bet you she experience. has the sancho in there right now she probably You're does dude she, she's like what time are you gonna be starting yeah dude? yeah yeah what time is the podcast <laughs> should i know he's gonna be there for uh, three hours so i could have the sancho over probably yeah, i don't yeah, know for sure well happy life happy wife i guess right <laughs> but no that's honestly I, is is one of the things where i'm just like i don't know man i love don't get me wrong i love being i love hunting i love being on the outdoors that's why i say like if you want me to fish i'll fish because i love being out there you won't i've texted you a few times he's got time now i do i got time now so here's something that you might be able to get me involved in i have a bad gun addiction Hmm. so rachel rachel um she buys gold she likes gold like like as far as putting your money in things yeah she has gold like a lot of coins and and jewelry and shit like that i have guns like a yeah. ridiculous amount of dumb guns that I've never even fired. What? Yeah, yeah. I have a. a Do they fire? I think you know. Do you buy them? A, <laughs> you got yeah. a lot of guns. Well, I have some. I have a pretty decent amount of guns, but I have a bunch of, like one of the one of the coolest guns I have that I never fired before is called a Vepper Twelve. It's a Russian, Russian, um, AK based shotgun. It's twelve gauge. What? Yeah, and it has a fucking banana clip that holds 15 rounds really and I, yeah and i just picked up a uh 300 blackout yeah i have a that's a great i have gun. a bunch of 45 like like uh handguns uh, 1911s yeah 
1911 is a that's a great gun. Yeah. expensive gun. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I have all these all these weapons, and I have a bunch of ammunition, but it's expensive to shoot them. So it's essentially like I have these weapons for show and tell. Right. Like when my buddies come over, I'm like, oh, you want to go on a gun tour? Here you go. Yeah, that's pretty much. I probably have like I don't know five or six AR-15s. Yeah. But those are boring. Everybody has a bunch of those. Uh, I have a bunch of other. I love them. Like, well, yeah, they they fire good. I have a uh, I have a Bulgarian AK forty seven. Mm. That's a fun one too. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to shoot I that love one. Guns. I love just. I think to me, guns are not, the shit, man. I mean, they're a lot like they uh, they they have a uh, they're they're pieces of art. They're tools. Yep. And they also are big time markers of history. That, they never lose like your value. Them. That's what that's what I'm saying. I like I feel comfortable. Putting some money into these weapons because yeah, never they're always value. gonna gonna be there. My my two thousand dollars that I have in that gun will go. It's up. still two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's just in a gun. And if you ever had to like, heaven forbid, we ever had a fall of society or something yeah. bad happened, you can use that if you needed it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's a tool. You you it will never lose value. A gun will never lose value. And. It's always good to have in your home. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, it really is. Tools are same. You know, I like, I try to get tools. I like tools I need to build, do some of the side yeah. hobbies I like. Those are also, they are kind of priceless. I mean, sure. They're a they're, good, they're good investment. You spend your money on good tools. Yeah. I mean, I've learned that as I've gotten older too. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is yeah, well, for sure. Cause that's kind of one thing I asked for, for Christmas was a bunch of shooting targets. Like, Iron shooting targets because I got this spot over here where I hunt at. This quick break is brought to you by Crispy Boots. And I'm telling you, I've been rocking the new Laponians Gen 2s. And they had the best thing that's ever happened to my feet. Man, I'm talking lightweight, great ankle support. And I'm telling you, they look real snazzy. Uh, I love them. I used to rock the Thors. And, man, these things uh, blow them out of the water. I'm telling you, man, let's just keep it real. Crispy Boots, I'm a big fan, and I think all their boots are the bomb.com. You know, uh, guys, check them out at crispyus.com. I'm going to set it all up. You're a fucking skin color, and you don't know how to weld? Oh, I do. Weld your own fucking targets. I do. You. Listen, bro. Listen. You got no time. You're busy. I got no time. You're busy doing busy. what? Dead daycare. Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. Training, hunting, hunting, you know. You ain't got no time to weld in this garage. It's just it like a vacuum. Nice. I vacuum. I got outlets right here for it. toilets. To it's clean. just like all of us. Yeah. We all have too many hobbies. I, I, I here is the thing. I do not want to do it anymore. I would just go for welding. I don't do that. Weld shit. your own targets. I do. I don't. I gotta get a. Pla- I don't do. have a plasma cutter. That's okay. The thing. Well, here is what we can do. You can come to my house. And I have a plasma cutter and I have a welder. Bring some steel and let's build some targets. That'd be a nice second date for us. Oh, yeah, that would be Come fun. Down. We'll have some dinner. We'll hang out. Bring your wife. Yeah. We'll uh, uh, have some drinks and make some targets. Yeah, that'd be That's smart. That's a super easy, easy project. Yeah. yeah. I could definitely do that. I see those targets that they sell at oh, yeah. outdoor stores. Everywhere. Like you sell that for $50? Week. Week. Easy yeah. to make. Yeah. Super well, easy. the steel is going to cost money, but... After that, it's fucking spray paint. I got a I got a steel yard that I go to over in uh, in Denver, right on seventy six and eighty eighth, and they have scrap steel. You can go through the scrap part, and it's fifty cents a pound. 
Really? Scrap yeah. steel, and you could. You oh, that's steel. all you need. A, a one-inch thick piece of fucking round. That's steel. all you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, there's. I've I've seen stuff like that, and I mean, you can make a target out of that. Yeah. But you better bring a three-quarter ton truck to haul it home. Yeah, that's what I was gonna it's say. Big heavy shit, you know. Yeah. But if you had a it's place out little. here where you could, you know, put it, and that, that's where it lives, is right there. That'd be a great spot for it. But it's some of this shit's heavy, heavy. heavy yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, one you could shoot the fuck out of that. You ain't ever gonna bust through that. Yeah, that shit that you buy at at Cabela's or whatever, yeah, that ain't gonna last. Not especially with a big weapon. It's not gonna yeah. last long. Some I bring to the table. Mm-mm. Good for plinker and guns. Yeah, yeah, for like pistol shooting, yeah, it's okay. But like for a big, big dick motherfucker, we gonna bring. You know what's really fun is that I did once that I always thought would be really cool deals. Um, it was a fundraiser in Grand Junction, but it was a dynamite shoot. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but it, you're a gambler, so you might like it, but it's they the fire department <laughs> sets it up. They have to be a part of it. So they set up dynamite targets, and there was like a 110 dynamite targets all out on this mountain. Some of them are in really hard spots. Some of them are real close. So you there's like four cans on the shooting benches, and when you come up to take a shot, you have to buy tickets for so much money. Mm-hmm. And so you get to come up, and you get to put a ticket in, and you get a shoot at a target. If you hit the target and blow up the dynamite, you get all the, all the money the, that's in there. Whoever's in there, like, and at the end, you know, some of them people hit right away, but then you get some that are out like four or five hundred yards, and everyone's coming with their coolest gun. You put your tickets in, you shoot, you miss. When you hit the target, you get all the money. Oh, that's in the, cool. In the jar, and then a part of it goes to charity or something. Yeah. Then that one, it was charity in my ha- pocket. I say <laughs> <laughs> you would get half of the money, or and half would go to charity. But the amount of fun that we had on on that was yeah. awesome. And then they also really had, fun. Yeah. they also had a fifty cal set up on the right side, to where you know five dollars a shot on that a thousand yard target. Yeah, and they produced. It's a great fundraiser. And I mean, it, I know in my hometown of Green River, if you do that, it would be a hit. I mean, everyone's going to come with their baddest gun that they want to show yeah. off, that they want to show they can shoot every target. And also the guys who like to, you know, the guy who likes to bet with his buddies while they're golfing and all that, it's perfect for them people because it's, you're, Me. it's you're winning it's, money. Yeah, I like to gamble. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be, it's a good time. And and it's a good way to raise money for a good cause or to have your name be a part of it, something that you always think of. Well, that's a, I mean, yeah, I guess I could, you know, we, I don't know. How the fuck does that work with dynamite though? Like, how do you get that? Say, are you sure it's not Tannerite? It's not Tannerite. So it's the same thing as Tannerite. It is actually, it's actual dynamite that the, the high concussion of the bullet will blow it up. I've shot Tannerite too. Same thing. These are a little bigger though. They're like pretty big explosions. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's, it's dynamite. And they have the, they had the, you know, the sheriff was there. They had yeah. the fire department. I was going to say, I could probably do that here. You could you set up, up a smaller thing. Tanner, Tannerite yeah. is what I'm going to have to do. You know, yeah. and I got to rig it where I win. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a fuse with the. If you're on my team, hand. we're going to win. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm going to go practice for four months and then invite Salas up <laughs> and get them all drunk. Hey, it's like a Luke type of. Uh, <laughs> that's what I do. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I did buy some new darts, though. <laughs> yeah, he's been practicing. I have. Sure. I he's ready to God. get us I literally in the just, game of darts. You know, you know, it's so bu- funny. Hundred bucks. I was at Shields in Colorado Springs, right? And yeah. I was, I was fucking Christmas shopping there. I'm lo- actually looking for a muzzle loader for my brother, right? I'm looking for a muzzle. It's a special muzzle loader that has like a I'll thumb grip. You, I know. I'll muzzle load you too. I'll muzzle load you up, and uh, can't find it, right? 
So I go in there, and I haven't been to Shields forever, and that place is fucking bad. Yeah. You ever been to Shields? Yes, it's it's a problem. I just yeah. go for the, it's a problem the Ferris for me. wheel. Dude, it's cool. They have a great fly fishing section. <laughs> they got I've been in there and I've they got a great there. section of everything. I kid you not. Yeah, like, they got a fucking Ferris wheel. In everything, dude. The everything they got it for. Who doesn't you. want to go on the Ferris wheel? I didn't. Then you go candy. with your three bags of Cabell, of, of, of of outdoor gear for five hundred bucks and ride the Ferris wheel and smile. I'm, yeah, pictures. I'm happy when I go there. Yeah, I love it, dude. I was fucking like, what the fuck did I just buy here? And I didn't have shit to to show for it. <laughs> I go there when I when I fall victim to that fucking place. Is I go there, and they have a discount bin of like uh, crank baits and swim baits and uh-huh. stuff. And I fucking I'm like, oh, this one's only seven dollars. And I get a cart and I just start fucking loading them up. Yep. Five dollars, seven dollars, and it adds up. Yeah, and yep. that's yeah, it's a problem. No, that's, that's a, a problem. big problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. It's sure. a problem because you'll fucking snag him and never you catch a yeah, fish. That's with what it. happens. <laughs> yes, yes. You're like it, it'd be, it'll be cool if you caught a fish with it, but you yeah, fucking, I know I lose them. You lose them. I yeah, know. I lose I've been them. There. Yeah, yes, it happens. Crazy. Fuck those crazy periodically. Baits, dude. Yeah, I know. I, know. I know. see. I fish. I know. You don't. I do. I'm fucking one. I'm honestly. I'll probably have to go out with you, okay? Not fly fishing yet. Let me let me practice. A so here's months. a here's a great story, and and I never like I don't, I don't put my nose up to anybody. Fly fishing is has been recently my favorite thing, and the favorite way. We to found fish. a way. Well, fucking sparked Roberto's dock, right? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. So just the other day, I went to fish the tailwaters of Lake Estes. And in the, the tail waters of Lake Estes, there's like a real, the dam, there's like some real deep water. Yeah, I did and I was that. fucking struggling with my fly rod, struggling, struggling. I did that back in, yeah, 87, I think. <laughs> I brought my spin rod with me, and I hooked it in that with a like a, a brown trout like crankbait on it. Dude, I hammered a few nice fucking browns. I couldn't get shit. My homeboys were fishing with me, fly fishing. They couldn't get shit. A spin rod and a crankbait. A rattling crankbait. It fucking, dude. It's game over. It just works too good. Yep. And and I just like to catch fish, man. I don't. I'm not snotty. I don't care. I just want to catch fish. Yep. I ain't scared of a fucking worm on a bottom setup. That's a worm on a bottom setup works oh, good. Dude, if I got time. a cooler, I'm cool. Shit, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna go fishing tomorrow to Pueblo with my cousin, and he wants to fish some bait. I was told him I want to. I want to fly fish the river for a while, but in the afternoon, yeah, I want to put my fucking rod on a fucking. On a stand with a bell on the end, and I'm going to drink some beer, and we're going to hang out. And if my bell goes off, man, cool. I got a fish. I sit on the cake. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's fun. I know. Yeah, it's fun. I, sometimes it's fun to just party. Sometimes it's fun to hang out. But sometimes you want to dedicate the whole day to fucking trying to catch a fish. I ain't going to lie, dude. My kids stunt spoiled me a couple times. Now, having kids, mm-hmm. you know what I do? Their first time fishing. I took Eva to one of these duck little ponds up here. <laughs> Fuck, we hammered them, right? We put what? What is it like? Dog food, whatever dog food or whatever they give yeah. you, and we throw it out there. And I'm on like, a bobber oh, on a bobber, I, dude, yeah. dude, works good. Little did I know, everything you catch, you gotta buy though. Oh, you had to buy it. I had to buy it, right? And everything was like, dude, I had like fucking seventy dollars to fucking fish because I didn't want to stop. I was like, fuck it, let's keep fishing. It was you that was having a good time. Well, yeah, I did. No, in the no, car, no, 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 no. You were even. Eva was having the best time of life. So I got to take Marcus this year. <laughs> but you do the same thing at Evergreen. Yeah. Evergreen's the same way. There, yeah. There's there's a couple right up here. You know where that hot dog stand is up here? Coney Island? Yeah. Yeah. Right before that, they have a 
Dude, they got some big ass fucking rainbows in there. I know. Do you I'm know talking. Why? I was I was gonna mount one and say I got that motherfucker. <laughs> you know why? Uh, because the those private fishing reserves stock that the north. That's the North Fork of the South Platte. Really? And they stock that that lake every year with fucking monster monster fish. And those fish make it out of the private fishing reserve. Mm. So now that you already dimed it out, that's one of my like s- secret spots. You go there. <laughs> Dude, there's big fucking fish in that. There's some big motherfuckers. What about this? My right down the road from me in South Platte. Is it good? All of that river, all the entire river. There's good. always fly fishermen down there. Then you go all the there. way down into Deckers. That's all. That's all really good. You go to down Deckers a lot. I, I mean, yes, but it's that's that's super tough fishing down there in Deckers because, and this is my opinion. I'm not an expert, but but the uh, uh, pressure that the people. From Colorado Springs and from Denver, it's so close. The pressure is tough. It, yeah, the fish, fish aren't dumb, dude. They're smart. They know, and and I mean, it's hard to catch fish there. In, in debatable. Denver's. Yeah, they're Debat- not. They're not that. Uh, that yeah, dumb. I'm, I'm looking for a picture right now of a of a fish that Rachel caught in that in the North Platte. There, it's a. She Mar- caught they're some big. big fish. They're, dude, there's yeah. big. My when my daughter pulled out some of those fish, I was like. God damn! I'm about to post this on my IG. Yeah, yeah, I'm catching some, this. There's big fish again. in there, man. Remy, <laughs> sure. Remy is a good fisherman. He really? Catches, he catches a lot of fish. Sometimes he outfishes me, and uh, I. Look at that one. Let me see. That's a good one. A nice oh one. yeah, we were catching those. Of course, he's a hater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that's small. Should have seen this I mean, that's I a, you should have saw that, the one I that, caught. That's it cute. You saw all the way. Eva, that's that, cute. Uh, Eva crushed that yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! That's awesome. But um, I don't know, man. Look at this one I pulled Let me out see. Of there. That ain't you, is it? That's the same picture. That's the same uh, area. That ain't you. Who is that? Fat that's Mexican. The white boy, dude. Who's that fat Mexican, that's all a, with a big old smile. Damn. Oh, now he has something to say. Well, it's a good picture. Good picture. Yeah, looks like a white boy. Look at like a, look it's at like a football you. fish. Look at you smiling. Like I was so happy, it. dude. It's like that was that was to catch a big fish like that. Dude, it's like making yeah. me so happy. Oh, I should take you fishing. There's no then. better feeling. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I can take you fishing, me. Oh. Your listeners, I hope that your listeners think that you're as comical as we do. I hey, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. I could do. I can catch some fish, bro. Seriously, I'm like the fucking. I go like this. I look at the waters. I take my glasses off, and I'm like over there. It's on. The only thing I seen you catch is a buzz. That's no, I catch a lot of those. We catch those. Those are yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. This one time, dude, I'm not gonna bullshit. I literally had to call fucking one of my fighter buddies to come up with another buddy to drive my ass back mm-hmm. to my house. That was probably 13 miles. <laughs> I made him drive all the way from Arvada to come up and drive us back to my place because I couldn't drive. You know what we did? My dumbass, we took a bottle of fucking Patron, and we just fucking, every cast, started shooting, and it caught up to me, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm hammered. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you right now, when I said, this is when I knew I was grown. Old Luke would have got in that fucking vehicle and said, let's go, right? No, I knew it, dude. Because, that you know, 280, 285 right here, this lane, 
dog, I'd have been head on with somebody. Swear to God. And they don't need that. I don't need that. That's when I called fucking my little Uber buddies. I'm like, here, I'm about to give you a hundred dollar bill. You come up here right now. I'm dropping you a pin. You come pick me. Okay. We're there. hundred dollars. Fuck yeah. Boom. Uh, yeah. I got a little trick like that that we use for, I like a lot of live music and we'll go to Red Rocks and I'll make a deal with an Uber driver and give them cash too. Yeah. And instead of trying to fight the traffic and everything, mm-hmm. you come straight out of the concert to the top, and they're waiting in the roundabout. You get in, and they take you. And they're there waiting for you right at the top. Yes. And they also take you yes. They take you to Red Rocks, drop you off at the top. You go in. Because otherwise, you got to walk all up them stairs and walk out to your truck, try yeah, to fight the traffic. Yeah, nobody wants to have time for that shit. You just and walk I'm straight I'm out. Exhausted. Boom, it works perfect. Stairs, yeah. I'm dehydrated. One of my good buddies showed me that trick, and that is the best trick around. Yeah, you give them a little extra money, and boom. Yeah, you ain't driving because nothing. Because here's the thing. Like, yeah, say, I'll meet you back here at 10.01. I'll give you the other half. That's what I do. It's 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not that bad. They can make a couple trips, make some good money doing 11 it. 11 miles, only an hour from your house. We go. I know you don't go there. I've been there a couple times. Never. Skip oh, yeah. Love mile. My brother-in-law goes there all the time. I believe that. Great, good fisherman. I don't know. It's just here's the thing, dude. Fish doesn't turn my crank, though. You know what I mean? I gotta have like antlers and shit. You know, I gotta have meat. I like meat. I always, but I always. That's how I'm with bird hunting. I've never same really, thing. I've never wanted to bird hunt. I know it's probably really fun. I probably it's go fun. And, be, and be like, wow, that was fun. But I've never been interested because I'm like, oh, there's no. I, no horns or no so. I went bird hunting um, last year. I've been bird hunting a few times, but I went last year with one of my buddies from work. Um, this is a funny story. If we want to get into this, his name's Lobster. We call him Lobster. Um, Bottom feeder. No. So lobster. <laughs> I'll we'll tell. This is a great story. Lobster is played a linebacker in the Canadian Football League. He's a mm-hmm. fucking savage, big dude, savage of a man. Like two hundred fifty pounds, probably thirty years old. Fucking gorilla. So anybody, I'm sure both of you guys, anybody that wants to like fight or do jujitsu or anything, you're like, yeah, come. When do you want to come? You want to come on Thursday? You want to come? Mm-hmm. When do you want to come? Please. Lobster, I just tell him, you stay over there, lobster. He, he asked me, I want to do jujitsu. And I go, nah, I don't bother him. I don't say nothing to him. Mm. He'll, he'll fucking squeeze my head, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, lobster came to the fire department. He's a fireman now. And we were watching TV one day. I think we were watching The Ultimate Fighter, and there was a guy on there named Lobster. Like, oh, uh, his name's Gabe. Gabe, you really you look like him. You look like Lobster. And he's like, if anybody ever fucking call me Lobster, I'll beat their ass. And we're like, perfect. Lobster. Yeah, That's your now you're nickname. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not a fucking. Yeah, this is not the. Because I'm sure he did beat somebody's ass back in the day, but you know, a fireman now, you're not going to beat anybody's ass. So we call him Lobster, Lobster and the name's. Finally took and stuck with everybody. Him. Yeah, everybody calls him Lobster now. So anyway, Lobster has a he has some private area up here uh, north of I twenty or I twenty five and like Highway seven area, and he does goose hunting. Mm-hmm. So he invited us to go out and and we put some birds down. And I've never done like goose hunting or anything. And I finally took it. Obviously, I'm fat and I like to eat, but I took that goose home 
and made jerky out of it. It's good. Fucking jerk goose yeah. jerky, man. It's good. I, it was good. It's the only I, thing I make out of goose. Yeah, I, I looked up a few recipes and it said you can use it as red meat, like anywhere you would use red meat, you could use that. But mm-hmm. I made jerky out of it. Shit, that shit was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would go goose hunting again, and you just breast them out. I I did. Yeah. I did like pulled all the fucking feathers off of one bird, and I read online it says if you do it one time, you'll never do it again. Ever. I did it one time, and I was like, yeah, that's way too much work. Yeah. Take the breast and gone. Pull it out. Throw the rest of the fucking bird away. Make jerky out of the rest of it. Like it was, it was. Dude, good. I'm telling you, goose really jerky good. is the best. Yeah, it was I really think. good. I really do. Yeah, I, I do really. It. Had it, yeah. I would say it was better than deer jerky. Uh, let's not talk about that. But it's good. Yeah, it was pretty good. No, it's good. You here's the thing. There's deer jerky that I've had that's not good, and there's deer jerky that just should be like fucking filet mignon. And and it's all always to me is is. It's based in how somebody cooks it. Like we talked about the carp earlier. Yeah. It's all about how somebody cooks it. I had deer that I thought was very gamey and nasty, and I had gear, deer that was like fucking candy. Mm-hmm. It's like really Yeah, good. it's all about how you prep. And how, and I honestly, it's like antelope is a perfect yeah. perfect example of that. I always thought antelope was trash until the, some people say it's the best. It is. Sure. And I'm like, I always thought it was the worst. Like I know people that shoot antelope to feed it to their dogs. Mm-hmm. And that, cause they, that's just, so I, that's what I always thought. And then I met some other people, I think maybe you yeah, and some other people who were like, Anim- antelope's the best of them all. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I, I it, guess that's how you, it, it's, I've had a couple, it. I've had gotta, a couple different. You got to put it on ice right away and feel dressed. But it's right, also like, right. uh, with the gun. So I've shot one last year with the gun. Died right away. Boom. No adrenaline rush, nothing. And usually when I'm shot an antelope, I'm hunting with my bow, right? So I gotta put like two or three of those motherfucking arrows in that yeah, bitch. So it's running. Yeah, you're a bad shot. Yeah, for it's sure. It's running and it's fucking. But I've heard you're not supposed to. You're supposed you want to sneak up on them and drop them. And if they get spooked and they're running and you shoot them, I heard it. It's so adrenaline, it, dude. It ruins it's, the meat. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I don't well, know that. that's what I, my my theory too is on it. Just like so, a person, you know, fight or flight. Yeah. So when I shot it with the gun and it died right away, and I caped it out, done the beat, put it on ice. Dude, that shit was good. I'm not gonna lie. Previous previous times I've shot antelope and wasn't that good, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that fucking antelope was the best one I've ever had or so next yeah. year's did there's something to it. Yeah. Mean, yeah. My my mom's husband says that too, that when you shoot he's a he's he loved antelope, but he says that when you shoot them right when you put them on ice right away. Yeah. Some people keep the antelope in the back of their truck. Back of the truck break all day, all day long and they're and hunting they more. And, it's, and they spoil quick or something about it doesn't keep nice. Yep. I never had good antelope in my in my life. Yeah. I've always eaten it and it tastes like real gamey. Yeah, so weird. say I'm I'm right there with you. So this last time I t- we took it in like little little chunks of cubes, put in like uh chili pepper, uh chili powder, fucking rolled it, made tacos out of that shit, dude. I'm telling you right now, would never known it was antelope, ever. But like I said, I've had some, and was scared as fuck to eat this shit too. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, but it was good. I ain't gonna lie. I've another, had some shitty deal. Another one that was uh uh, it's probably just me, but I always thought pheasant was terrible. No, up. I thought it was terrible. I didn't like it. I mean, my father fed it to me, and different people fed it to me, and they somehow fucked it up. I had pheasant as a grown man. This dude made these pheasant teriyaki balls with the little breasts. That was like candy, dude. Dude, those so things good. are so good. Pheasant's so good. Dude, so I good. 
I want to go back for Christmas back home and do some pheasant hunting. And because the place where I go, my buddy has, he's like, dude, the pheasant hunt is fucking unreal. You be, we'll be limited out. Like, boom, first walk. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of a bad shot. <laughs> and, <laughs> Bring a lot of ammo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I Maybe I'll lend that. you the I'll lend you that Vepper twelve. With <laughs> there you a go. Couple of fifteen round <laughs> mags. Thirty rounds, dude. We got I mean, the, yeah, I have the double trouble, so you could pull one out and turn the other one. Thirty but rounds. That's right what there. I need. Um, but that's one thing I I've missed most is pheasant. Man, I pheasant's yeah. good. It is really good. I don't know. It's good. Um, last last but not least, tell me, guys, real quick. You, if you guys had to say anything about me. Training, being a friend, being uh, a buddy that we used to go drinking all the time with or whatever. What is probably one of the best times you've had with me? And don't say when that time I gave you that dick. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. I don't even know. (laughs) Tell me, dude. Well, you can't say that because it was we were drunk. I don't know. I, um. A memory that I had one time with you, I was I was in the middle of a camp, and I was I felt like I was in pretty good shape, and and I was getting ready to do something. And I'm guessing that you weren't in camp, or you came off the couch, and I you came into the ring, and I was gonna fuck you up. I had that in my head. I was gonna fuck you up. Uh-huh. And we started banging, and you you gave me some fucking <laughs> shots, and I was like, damn, that motherfucker's pretty tough, dude. He's, <laughs> Yeah, I, Luke off the couch is pretty tough. That's, I, that's I, a memory. That's, that's a memory that I have of you. That's the only memory. The only thing I got is off the couch. I got about. If we would have went any further after one round, we, we you would beat my ass. We were we were at uh we were at um, it was at the uh the Grudge days. It was after the TKO days, yep. and and uh, we were at Grudge, and I I had an idea in my head that I was gonna fuck you up, and you. Busted out that Mexican warrior on me. Mm-hmm. You showed uh, me that you still had it in you. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it comes out once in a while. Still. Yeah, yeah, was, and that's good. You know, just let me know uh, truly what kind of dude you really were, and you were uh, a true veteran of the game. And it was fun. We had we had fun just training together. Remember when me and you just work out together? Yeah, that was later though. That was that was after the fact. Yeah, we we started working out. Yeah. We were done fighting, we fighting, and yeah. we just decided to start training and working yeah, out fun. again. Yeah, we and and this is just I'm happy that you brought me here and we talk oh, about yeah. these old times. It's and good talk about things. Yeah, we've been we've been through a lot together. You know, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Good to see you. Good to see your wife, your kids, and everybody. Happy Big. that you're doing so good, man. Yeah, I I would just say I mean I've known Luke for we've had a lot of times together this motherfucker used to come to my house he's wheezing right now he used to eat all my cinnamon toast crunch this motherfucker lived in my basement with me a cleaner (laughs) down on 120th and you're on we just drove by i'm a cereal eating machine okay he's hungry you know i i would just say my most memorable times are just uh, we've coached a lot of young fighters together and been on a lot of trips together and uh i'd say that just all the camaraderie all the funny things that happen from being in the UFC, crazy stuff happening, to even just being in the horse arena for the smallest show and then the promoters coming up and saying, hey, this guy doesn't have a, a corner man. Do you think you guys can coach him? And we're like, what? And and we're like, no. And we're like, dude, we don't want to put our name on this guy. We come in and, and he's like, Luke, can you hold pads for him? We warm him up. We're going to go warm him up. I, it was either me or you was holding pads for him. And we go, okay, let's go warm him up. And this guy's 
he thought he was tough, but he'd never trained. And then I, we, we go, okay, what, what, what are you South, you South part or Orthodox? And he goes on both. And then that's, I knew we were fucked right then. I go, what size your jab? He goes, I jab both sides. And then ended up the dude couldn't throw a jab across or anything. And he got out there and got smoked in like two seconds and cried and everything. And we didn't even get in the ring with him. We just stood outside the ring and we're like, we wouldn't get into nothing. All, Cause I mean, everyone, it was thinks, so bad. Everyone dude. thinks me and you train this guy and we're like, great. They're like, don't send your guys to Salas and Cadillo. See that guy? <laughs> he but cried. He did, it was some he, bullshit. We got had, set up. He had, you know, I knew we were screwed. And we go, what side's your jab? We we're going to hold pads for him, warm him up. Okay, what are you, Orthodox or South? But what side's your jab? And he go, all badass. I'm both. Side. I'm ortho, I'm a ambidextrous. Yeah. Oh, and I he go, goes, I'm I, both. I go, I look back at Luke. I go, we're fucked. <laughs> I put on these pads and I fucking start holding back. Well, I think it was Jeff, right? Jeff had us. Yeah, he fucking said, he set us up. He goes, hey, man. This guy needs a fucking a coach. I'm like, How, what kind of fighters you have here with no fucking coach, right? And I'm like, and I'm, I'm cool, you know. I, I, dude, you're about to go fight somebody. You sure. need somebody. You need your hands wrapped. You need fucking sure. warm up. And we, me and South like the HL, we're like fucking motherfucker, dude. That's that's something that these uh the younger generation probably misses out on because I'm sure a lot of these states nowadays. I don't know if it's any requirement. Of the 50 yeah. states ha- don't have a boxing commission. Yeah. So I fought in a in a tournament in Wyoming one time, a, a four man tournament. So I fought two times in one night, and in the middle of that fight, I was so offended that this dude's coach came over and there was nobody to wrap my opponent's hands, and they asked my cornerman to wrap his hands, mm-hmm. and I was so mad like about it. And he had basketball shorts on. Oh yeah. Like, this motherfucker's gonna fight me in basketball shorts. I was so pissed oh, off. Oh yeah. He turned out to be a gritty ass cowboy, <laughs> dude. Thankfully, I beat him. I did beat him, but I he know, was like, dude. Came over to my coach to get his hands wrapped, and then he had basketball. You didn't have the money to buy the right fucking shorts. You son of a oh, bitch! I was so mad at him, mm-hmm. and he cracked me a few times. And I was like, oh, I, I, "It's funny you say basketball shorts because I fought a guy in North Platte. We had a main event, a ring of fire in North Platte. This motherfucker comes out in basketball shorts. I said and one on his phone. Oh hands. my god, dude." No, he was starter. I was a, I was offended. Yeah, he had I was Jordans offended. on. Yeah, and I was like, dude, Pumas. I'm gonna fuck this dude up, right? No, them cowboys are gritty, man. They're gritty. Wireless, longest dude. I couldn't get in. I ate a few jabs and crosses from him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Finally, I just fucking do the old bulldozer and just lay it on him, you know. But yeah, the basketball shorts are fucking always, always deal, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I told you we would be talking for a minute. Yeah, I'm sure your listeners are exhausted with it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're over. Yeah. But once again, like I said, I love it. You guys came down here and did it. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, thanks for having us. Here's the yeah, thing, dude. And so, when's RG fighting again? When's your fighting? Okay, fight? We're not sure yet. Uh, I think they're still. I think we're about to start getting back to it tomorrow. Yeah, we've worked out once or twice once since the fight and. Thinking that back to getting to work. Yeah, he's been he's a fucking killer, dude. You want to talk about the guy yeah. that I will not bet against? I already know him. I will not bet against him, dude. He's the fucking he's gonna make me a lot of money. I told him I'd sponsor him, <laughs> but he's gonna have to fight longer than one round, <laughs> fifty seconds, dude. I gotta uh, fucking I gotta get my advertisement yeah. out of it. Yeah, you know it's a game of inches now to to get him. It's going to be the tiniest details to keep getting them better now. And yep. It's, uh, 
It's a good. It's good, it's man. Good he's challenge. he's a killer. I like it. Uh, well, what about you? What's the next for you? What do you got? Fishing, ice fishing tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh yeah, you're oh, going yeah. Pueblo. But what? Like, what, what, I get you got any big. I mean, I know you're going April to yeah, motocross. I, I think I'm. Uh, a lot of people ask me what my these young kids that I work out with and stuff. They're like. Did you ever compete? Did you ever do that? Oh, really? Like, you fucking kids don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, back no. in the day, I, I used to do stuff like that, but I tell them, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm 42 now. That That's behind me. And, and as it as you get older, you don't really, you don't you get to a point that you don't have it in you no more. I don't, I don't have it in me to do what it took back in the day to be on that level, not that I was on any type of level yeah, but anything, there but, was the level. But I used to, yeah. I used to, to dedicate myself to it. Now my my aspirations are in different places. Fly fishing. I hope to, I hope to get ready for this dirt bike trip that I have coming up and and get myself into a different yeah. level of shape than I've been in in probably a long time. But that's a that's a whole different thing, you know. And and I'm just trying to live my thing, man. I'm, I'm yeah, working and and doing my thing and working to retirement and well, yeah. the coolest thing. When is, do you retire? Hopefully in uh, like 11, 11 more years, hopefully I'll retire at 52. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, that's a good fucking retire retirement. And, that's and then, a good retirement, And then dudes. be done. Yeah. And I, I don't want to work. I don't want to work at Home Depot. Yeah. I don't want to work a different job. I just want to do what I, I want to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Go fishing, go camping, go hang out, maybe ride dirt bikes, work on See my camper out there, dog. We can I go. Saw, yeah, it's. I, I was going to sleep in there, but the level of it is... Oh yeah, you can't sleep in there, motherfucker. Yeah. It's a level. Yeah. I usually have, I'm gonna put it over here, but I got a fucking rental right now. My truck's still getting worked on. Yeah. Um, Sales, real quick, what has been your whole deal like now that you know you're coaching, real quick, mm-hmm. and you're married now, and you yes, got a, you got a job. Yes, sir. And you make a little money now, and what has probably been like the the biggest reward of it all that. I don't know. I guess I'm just, uh, I guess at a point in my life now where it's not as crazy. And I'm actually, you know, I fought for a while, which is always all over the place. No set schedule. Then I ran a roofing company for a short amount of time. Same thing running all over the place. You know, worked with Cody a little bit on some of that kind of stuff. You can't really plan anything, you know, like I'd like, I love to go hunting and stuff, but that stuff, a lot of times that stuff gets in the way where you don't have a set schedule. You can't yeah. plan stuff. Now, you know, I'm into coaching and I'm got a job, got a beautiful family. I have time to plan stuff. So to me, kind of like Robert, I just want to uh, do some of the things I want to do, especially with my son. And that's kind of my focus now is just planning things. You know, I, we've been like, we, I went on some trips with my family. You guys so, just came out of Mexico, huh? Yeah. Yeah, nice. We, go, we went to the Cowboys Niners game last year. Just taking more trips and like, being able to plan stuff and then actually get do stuff is pretty cool at this point. Yeah. Um, and you know, and just I got I got I'm I'm uh, thankful I have a good job and make good money and got good people around me. Um, and you know, so I, I'm excited to see what happens with coaching. I'm starting to have some fun coaching and uh, you know, just uh, especially I started coaching wrestlers and stuff. So that's my life now. Yeah. Kind of coaching on the side and uh, um, just uh, enjoying my family. Nice. It's nice. Nice. Uh, I. I got one for Skinny Cody. What's your what's uh what's your drive right now? What's my drive right now? Yeah. I don't know. What's um, your drive? I don't know. Um jujitsu is good right now. Working out a lot. I'm just trying to stay healthy, trying to trying to maximize things. I got some other things I've been I've been working on 
I haven't really told anybody about yet, so we'll see how that works out. But good. All right. So now this is what this is the question for everybody. Before before you move on from that, I was just going to say my grandfather told me one time when I was a young man, he said that we're all just writing a story with our lives that's juicy enough that you want to talk about it when you're old. That's true. And I'm, I mean, I'm trying to do it. You know, we're just I'm all of us are just writing a story. You know, and and hopefully when I'm an old man. Somebody want to hear my tomato can fighting stories or my fishing stories or my truck racing stories or my dirt bike riding it's stories true. or, you know, whatever. I guess that's why I like the podcast so much is I'm going to put it out either way, whether they want to listen to it or not. And guess what? It's going to be there for somebody that wants to listen to it. And, you know, one day when I'm long gone, my kids want to hear my ass talk shit. <laughs> The people that I used to hang out with and everything, and like, yeah. boom, yeah. they get to watch it, pull it on YouTube now, and they'll yeah. be like, damn, there's dad. You know, yeah. they get to see me or hear my voice or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a good thing, too. And, so, and, and and even just the whole where how we all met in the fight culture, just meet, you met a bunch of cool people that no one's really just laid down and like not been been a deadbeat most even all of us have moved on from fighting but everyone that you see is trying is they're out doing other things that are cool yeah they're you know everyone's doing everyone's uh doing their own they're motivated and and uh they have a drive to do things so you know luke's out there doing the hunting thing robert's out there doing a black belt in jujitsu even like cody's raising his level in jujitsu those people we met in that culture are really good people to meet because everyone's still pushing and it's just be around those kind of people. That's yeah. for me. That's good to surround yourself by people that aren't just laying down and just co- coasting through yeah. life. They're still trying. We're all going to still be trying to do something, no matter how old we are or how much we make fun of ourselves. We're still, still trying to find that. We'll clip. still be doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we should have getting Col- blind. We should have had Colina on the podcast. Oh no, uh, <laughs> they. But honestly, like, so I know it's getting the end of the year, December. New Year's is coming up. And one thing I want to know this month, like, I get some really cool ass people on here on the show, minus this show, right? <laughs> Everybody else is worth <laughs> something. Some you got a couple of washers. You got every once Justin, in a while. sell us. I want to know what is your goal for next year. Um, similar to Cody, I I got some things planned that I'm trying to do that I don't talk about. Kind of like, don't don't talk about stuff. Just do it. Yep. Right? So I have some plans. Uh, personal plant, personal goals that I want to reach as far as uh, in my career and in coaching for nice. sure. And uh, so, yeah, this year, that's what that's about. Um, uh, probably try to get myself back to a little better shape and, and uh, uh, get to myself into a little better state uh, physically and mentally to just so I can be better at everything else I'm trying to do. Right. So just all that, that's the uh, same thing everyone else is trying to do trying to get better at what you're doing and trying to improve, steady improve. Even, you know, you can always be improving your whole life. So that's kind of my goal right now. I'm working on some things and we'll see what happens. Nice. What's yours? Well, yeah, very similar to what Justin says. I have some financial things that I'm working on. I got a nice. rental property and I'm working on buying another one and just trying to, trying to build that, that, that future so I can do all the things that I want to do without having to work anymore. Yeah. Hopefully my, my fireman retirement will provide me the, the financial ability to, like I said, do all the shit that I've been working toward my entire life. All right. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. 
Cody, what's your last one for 23? For 23? What are you going to do for 23? Uh, same thing, man. Like I said, this this business thing I've been working on for a couple of months, if it, if it ends up coming through, it's kind of going to turn my life you know, upside down and around. So you're saying you don't need me no more? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly saying that. Fuck! Um, no, if, it, if it works out, it'd be it'd be a, a huge thing. And then, uh, like I said, just just better every day. That's, Good. that's what I'm committed to, reaching potential, and uh, that's it. That's good, boys. That's good, man. Yeah, it's thanks good. for having us. Like I said, I appreciate you guys for coming out. And I just want to know one last thing is we come back. Yeah. All right, we're good. We're good then. That's all that matters. I want you to come back. Podcast or no podcast, I want you to come back. And I'll show you how to fish. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man, we out. Uh, we got a big week coming up. Christmas is coming. We got some big giveaways happening. Um, and we got Patriots back. Goddamn, we're busy. We out. Hey guys, I wanted to hop on here and give you guys a big shout out and say thank you for all your support. Um, do me a favor, check out that Bullhorn app. Give us a subscribe on that app. Um, man, you guys can watch us live right from your phone. Call in, ask Cody questions all from the app. So check it out. Uh, and make sure you guys give us a follow on the IG at GU underscore unfiltered underscore and at gladiators unleashed and if you're a patron love you